Welcome to Firefox News Online, America's number one internet radio and internet video broadcast. The rules are very simple. No personal attacks, threats, or hate speech will be tolerated at any time. If you commit to these acts, you will be removed from the chat room. And if we're using a phone line, the same rules apply. Also, bear in mind that this is a roundtable discussion format, so please, no cross-talking during the broadcast. And finally, the views and opinions that will be expressed in this broadcast are that of the host and those who call in and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of anyone else or this broadcasting service. The use of media materials is protected by the Fair Use Clause of the U.S. Copyright Act of 1976, which allows for the rebroadcast of copyrighted materials for the purposes of commentary, criticism, and education. Firefox News Online Productions and its news division adhere to the criteria of the Fair Use Clause 100% across the board. And now, on with tonight's broadcast. And to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Hi, everybody. George here. And uh, give me a second. I've been sitting here yawning my head off so much that during the court, it took me almost 40 minutes to record talking points. And then I kept falling asleep on top of it all. So throwback Thursday is the Thursday I could, that I'll end up throwing up. Thus, throw up Thursday. <laughs> I know, that's a terrible thing to say. But it's, uh, you know, just the way it is. Uh so I, I've got talking points ready to rock and roll. I just gotta just gotta get a couple of things done with it before I can actually play it for you guys because I don't think you want to hear me blowing my stack while trying to record. No, I, you've heard me blow my stack. Uh, you know. Well. You've heard me blow my stack. 
So I want to get something out of the way. Last night's broadcast, I'm not happy with. I'm not happy with it because one person who I, you know, they're welcome to come to the show. They're welcome to call in. But when you start talking over everybody, including me, and you monopolize the conversation, and then cost me a listener for a long time because you wouldn't stop talking about one particular subject they didn't want to even listen about because they get tired of hearing it everywhere else. Well, you know what? That's when I finally said, this is the last time this will happen. I guarantee it. Because when you do something like that, you're no better than a troll. From here on in, this show will be run my way, not the way other people tell me it's going to be run or the way they want it run. It's going to be done orderly. It's going to be done respectfully. And when I say I'm going to call on people to speak, they get the floor. Everyone else shuts the fuck up. That's the way it's going to be. I am not going to have this happen anymore. This is not the chaos station that you're used to elsewhere. You want that? Find something like that and go there. But don't come here expecting, expecting this to be, you know, utter chaos and stupidity. It hasn't been, I didn't want, that was not the way this show was started, and that's not the way this show is going to be run anymore. People will wait their turn patiently and get, and, and deal with it. That's the bottom line. And I will repeat this message when, especially when that one person shows up, if they show up. Now, I'm just waiting for the talking points to filter, filter down to where it should be. And then I'm going to ship it over. So here goes nothing. Would help if I opened that. Would help if I did. You know, I'm really starting to get tired of of, of this. Every time I rush, I got I make mistakes. Ah. <sighs> Bear with me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, it's, I'm, I'm having one of those days. Well, it's the last night of the week for me, so it's no big deal. Yet, I think, maybe. Ah, shut up. Okay. All right. All right. Let's see. Uh, punching in the numbers. And cycling it down to where I want it. I know this is really tedious, right? Yeah. All right. But it's worth it. I promise. Uh, 
I've goofed There we go. Almost made a major blunder. Now, as soon as Something's wrong. I don't know what happened. But something is missing. All right, let's try this again. Bear with me, ladies and gentlemen. I have the talking points for tonight. I just need to... I, I screwed up somehow. I boo-booed. I gaffed. I don't know how I did that, but I did that. Now I think I got it right. Okay. Now, for all intensive purposes, I think I fixed it. I think I got it. So here goes nothing. And now, America, it is time for Talking Points. The views and opinions expressed in Talking Points are that of the host and the host alone and do not reflect the views and opinions of anyone else for this broadcasting service. Good evening and welcome to the broadcast. And as you just heard, it is time for Talking Points. I want to thank a friend of mine on Facebook, we know him as Sarge, for posting something that is a subject I've long since thought about covering and thought about talking about in light of some very recent situations that raised a lot of questions but yet yielded very little answers, if any at all. So tonight, I want to take this opportunity to uh, share with you on the subject of loyalty. Loyalty between friends, family, colleagues, coworkers, what have you. Now, in one part of this, it's going to mention uh, it's going to mention Sarge. Well, you can replace the, the term Sarge or the title Sarge with any person's name. Because this applies to everyone, I believe. All right? So here goes. And again, thank you, Sarge, for posting this. I've been procrastinating on this subject far too long. Loyalty is a word that is used very loosely among friends family, and colleagues these days. Why is it that people nowadays cannot fathom the thought of the word loyalty and its meaning? To remain loyal takes work. 
trust and respect. It takes months to build, but only seconds to lose. Have we, as a society, lost our way so much that we cannot stay loyal to one another? Friends stabbing friends in the back. Family fighting family. Colleagues looking for a way to advance at the cost of others are just a few of the ways that loyalty and trust are broken. People aren't perfect. They have flaws and often make mistakes. Perhaps instead of trying to become judge, jury, and executioner, you should instead remain steadfast in your loyalty to that person and help guide them to become better. Isn't that what loyalty is all about? Being there for that person no matter what? True loyalty among people is hard to find. I hear someone say, I got your back, George. That means you better have my back no matter what. Not when it's convenient for you. Not when you think that you're right. Not when the going gets tough and you get going. The minute I think you no longer have my back is the minute you lose me. I can be the most loyal friend or member of the family that will do whatever I can do for you when the time arises if you need me. But if you become disloyal to me and you no longer have my back, then those who no longer have my back no longer deserve to be called friend or family. I am more concerned with who you are behind my back, not who you are in front of my face. Why not give your best instead of giving your worst? That, this is what loyalty means to me. What does it mean to you? Now, the original wording of this uh, was posted by Sarge, and uh, I had to make a few delicate changes, basically because it's geared more toward soldiers uh, and the way they speak. I should know. I was a soldier once. And therefore, I had to civilianize it. <laughs> it civilianize it? Is that a word even? No, it is now. If it isn't, it is now. Uh, for those of you listening and or watching here tonight. But what does it mean to be disloyal to someone? Well, I'll give you a really great example. It's been brought to my attention that people have spoken behind my back. And were very disrespectful with what they said. These, these were people, or at least, at least one person in particular, who I thought was my friend. But to stick a knife in my back and talk behind my back and not have the balls to say these things directly to my face, I'm not talking about on the phone, by the way, or on Facebook or on Skype. I mean physically coming to me, standing in front of my face and saying what they said behind my back to my face. That's disloyalty when you do something like that. You see, I don't, I don't have any reason to trust a person like that. I can't trust someone who's going to talk behind my back 
and speak ill of me, all the while they're talking nice to my front, namely my face. So loyalty among friends, see, that goes right hand in hand with trust. When I call someone a friend, until they stab me in the back, they're my friend. Stab me in the back, hurt me in any way, and guess what? The friendship's over. The party's done. And you've lost this friend. As your friend, I will do whatever I can, whenever I can, to be of help to you, if at all possible. I've offered to help people on more than one occasion. I offered a friend of mine my services, and I wouldn't even charge 10 cents, much less any money at all. But this person would always turn me down. This person would always say, no, I've, I got it. Thanks, George. And come to find out later, could have used my help. You know, I appreciate the, uh, hey, I'm a tough guy. I can handle this. I don't need anybody's help kind of feeling. Been there, done that a few times. But you see, that's what I do. I offer to help if I can. When someone stabs me in the back, those offers disappear right along with my friendship. When I try to get answers and the person or persons decide they're not going to even acknowledge me on the phone or by text or email or smoke signals or anything like that, well, then I can only assume one thing, that they basically don't give a shit and they don't want to hear from me and they don't want to own up to their side of the street when they know they've done wrong and I'm trying to get answers and they don't want to answer because in their minds, they did nothing wrong. So here's the deal. Until I hear back from that person, one-on-one, the friendship just went out the window temporarily. So let's bear in mind, loyalty is not a door prize to be handed out. It is not something that you just give away at the drop of a hat. Loyalty, like friendship, is earned. Hashtag FFNOP, hashtag FFNOP. Trend tonight's broadcast globally on social media right now. And with that having been said, it is now time as always for the rest of the story. All right. Like I said, tonight's been kind of a really messed up night. Mostly my own fault. But that's okay. I can live with it. Now then, three four seven nine four five five seven four seven. Give a ring, and we'll get underway with some of the subjects that I have on tap for tonight. And the only caller I have and the only person in my chat room other than a guest is Gunslinger. 
How you doing, John? Well, trying to stay cool in Texas. It's going to rain a little bit, or a while ago, but it fizzled out on the radar. So. But, you know, supposed to be in the low mid-90s. Not too bad for you. Well, let's see. According to the according to the temperature uh, on my phone here, if I can actually get it to refresh, it's 71 degrees and it feels like it too, according to according to AccuWeather. I'm not so sure I can trust that, but let's see. I'm going to go to a page that uh, I think it was no way they introduced me to this one. Weather Nation. Yep. Even Weather Nation says it's 71 degrees and that it feels like it's 71 degrees. Mmm. Looks like... uh, Looks like the, uh, the upper Midwest is going to get some sad-ass weather. So anyway, let's get let's get this pop get this party started. Department of Justice hits back at Nadler, threat of bar impeachment. It's a political thing, according to the Department of Justice. Justice, let's try that again. Justice Department spokesperson, spokes. Justice Department spokeswoman Carrie Kupek on Thursday hit back. This is how I have to fucking talk in order to talk tonight? Jesus. At House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jerry Nadler's threat to potentially seek impeachment against Attorney General Bill Barr, slamming the suggestion as simply a political thing. Nadler, a New York Democrat, suggested this week that his committee may very well initiate impeachment proceedings amid his panel's broad investigation into the alleged unprecedented politicizing of the Justice Department under the Trump administration. But Kupek, during an interview Thursday morning, cast his threat as a political thing. If people have a problem with Bill Barr coming back to the Department of Justice to restore one system of justice, not a two-tier system, I think that says a lot more about the critics than it does about the Attorney General, Kupik said, because that is what he has done again and again. 
He approaches all cases with an open mind. He judges them according to the facts and the law without regarding without regards to political considerations. This is what he promised to he promised at his confirmation. This is what he has done throughout his tenure as attorney general and that is what he will continue to do until his last day as Attorney General, Kupik said. Now, Kupik continued Thursday that Barr accepted an invitation to testify before Nadler's committee next month on July 28th, after Nadler threatened to subpoena him and compel him to testify. Uh, to compel his testimony, I should say. Now, on Wednesday, Nadler held a hearing featuring two Justice Department officials who criticized Barr's leadership. Following the hearing, Nadler suggested impeachment was an option. Nadler told CNN, I think the weight of the evidence and what's happened leads to that conclusion. Aaron S.J. Zelinsky an assistant U.S. attorney, testified before Nadler's committee Wednesday and said that the DOJ's handling of the sentencing for longtime Trump confidant Roger Stone was treated differently from everyone else because of his relationship with President Trump. What I saw was the Department of Justice exerting significant pressure on the line prosecutors in the case to obscure the the correct sentencing guidelines calculation to which Roger Stone was subject and to water down and in some cases outright distort the events that transpired in his trial and the criminal conduct that gave rise to his conviction Zelensky said in written testimony he continued such pressure resulted in the virtually unprecedented decision to override the original sentencing recommendation in his case and to file a new sentencing memorandum that included statements and assertions at odds with the record and contrary to Department of Justice policy. What I heard repeatedly was that Roger Stone was being treated differently from any other defendant because of his relationship to the president. Stone, in February, was sentenced to three years in prison after being convicted in November 2019 on seven counts of obstruction, witness tampering, and making false statements to Congress on charges that stemmed from former special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation. Federal prosecutors had recommended a prison sentence of 87 to 108 months for the charges, but in a reversal, senior leadership at the, at the Justice Department, including Barr, overruled and scaled back their recommendation, their recommended prison sentence. The sentence, as is customary, was, was ultimately determined by the federal judge in the case. Stone has yet to report to prison because of the coronavirus pandemic. But Kupik, on Thursday, called Zelensky's claims ridiculous on its face.
I'm going to stop right there. We got the general idea. Gun, what are you doing? No, it's next door. Hammering. It's next door hammering. I'm you. Is that you doing the hammering or somebody else? No, that's next door. That's probably a good 40 feet away, 50 feet away. <laughs> I can hear that like it's right next to you. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it muted. Well, I'm done with the with, with the story. I'm, I was going to get you. I wanted to get your comments, but apparently you weren't even listening to the story. Yeah, I heard the story. I got my, I got my speakers on. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. You know, when they said that, are they trying to impeach? But again, uh, when do these people stop? I mean. It, yeah, but this it, time they want to impeach like, the, the, the attorney general, not the president. Well, impeachment, impeachment, whoever they want to impeach, they, they've got that 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 one track mind. You know, I guess if they could, if they can't impeach Trump, then well, let's, let's go with somebody else. We got to impeach somebody. You know, that that seems like that's what they're thinking. You know, it, it, I don't know. Wow, but what do you expect when they've done it to Trump? Well, well, they're just like a, it's just like a creeping, creeping, crawly bug. They just they just keep on going and going and going. There's no end to them. <laughs> go ahead. Some kind of roach spray. Yeah, well, you know, um, the Democrats. Yeah, they want they want to. They're, they're impeachment happy. That's what they are. They're impeachment happy. They they. Oh boy, another reason to waste taxpayer money. We could impeach the Attorney General of the Department of Justice. Democrats, you're fucking Looney Tunes. Seriously, they are. You know how that old saying says, honor among thieves? Yeah. There's no honor with them. All right. As soon as I, I'm, I'm cleaning my, my computer, so I want to make sure it's running smooth as far as the laptop is going. But, uh, you know, Gunslinger, I get the impression. I get the impression that yet therein lies the proverbial trap. Democrats want to... turn around and, and act like a bunch of fly-by-nighters. Go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah. They always fly-by-night stuff. I mean, I didn't know whether you were finished or not. Uh, yeah, they're a bunch of fly-by-night idiots. I mean, again, they're going to continue and continue and continue. If they can't get one, they're going to try to go after another. If they can't get him, they're going to try to go with somebody else. You know, that, that, that's, that's, it's like a broken record. It just goes around and around and around and around. It never stops. And it's, it's, stopped, or it's, it's broken on impeachment. 
right there at that impeachment, the word impeachment. It's just going around and around. Just imagine the word going around and around a, a record. They're just continuing to continuing to continue to be stupid, obviously. You know, I think that that word is growing uh, uh, instrumentally every day. That word is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. It's all because of those idiots. Right. <clears throat> well, they're not being dumbasses about impeachment. They've got a Speaker of the House that's in need of rehab, possibly some serious psychiatric therapy, maybe both. Uh, Nancy Pelosi is refusing to apologize for saying that the GOP is trying to get away with the murder of George Floyd. Yeah, you heard right. Let me... uh, Let me put, put this to you, folks. This is the Speaker of the House, Democrat Nancy Pelosi, saying this shit. All right? According to One America News, the Speaker of the House has doubled down on her statement that Republicans are trying to get away with the murder of George Floyd. Now, on Wednesday, Nancy Pelosi stated she will absolutely, positively not apologize for the claim. This comes as Congress continues to butt heads over police reform legislation, which, by the way, the, the Senate Democrats blocked in the Senate. I'd like to know how they did that. I think you, frankly, I think you, frankly, in the press, have given far too much credit for a bill that does nothing, she said. Our bill does something. There's, theirs does nothing. What Miss uh, total, confu- total what Miss totally confused is trying to say, in so many words, not actually saying it is like a little petulant child. Our bill is better than your. Our bill is better than your bill. Our bill is better than your bill. The senile old bag has completely lost it. Now, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Hang on a second here. Apparently, the clip I wanted to play I, is magically missing from my computer. You ever had one of those days where things just don't get saved after you click save? Trust me. I know there's people out there that have gone through this. So while I'm waiting for the clip computer to make up its mind about opening the browser, um, Republicans have suggested their bill is not so different from the House's and noted that they are willing to compromise. But the Senate bill was blocked by Senate Democrats. Now, I'd like to know how Senate Democrats blocked this bill when the Republicans outnumber the Democrats in the Senate. 
unless our usual rhinos sided with the Democrats. That's the only thing I can figure. Now, as soon as I play what Nancy Pelosi said on MSNBC, you'll be able to uh, have a few laughs. Of course, I'm trying to see what's over there. Maybe I got a little closer like this. I'm going to be off camera just slightly, and my audio is going to be a little distant. Things are not going as well as I would like them to. Wait a minute, that's not the right story. Oh, well, it usually helps. <laughs> uh, sorry, folks. I boo booed. When you were speaking yesterday, you said that Republicans are, quote, trying to get away with murder, actually, the murder of George Floyd. Senate Republicans are demanding an apology for that statement. Will you apologize? Absolutely, positively not. Uh, The fact is, people say, I think you, frankly, in the press have given them far too much credit for a bill that does nothing. They're saying, well, you have your bill, they have theirs. Yeah, our bill does something, theirs does nothing. Notice, did you notice the tone in her voice, Gunslinger? The way she came out with that? I mean, maybe it's just me, but I get the feeling this woman is, well, kind of vengeful in the way she spoke just now. I mean, it kind of, it kind of sounded like she was angry because the Republicans had a better bill than, they, than the Congress did. Go ahead. Well, <laughs> of course she's angry. Look how she tore up that speech when President Trump was speaking. You don't, you couldn't see the anger in her eyes. It was so clear, it was like the like the flea on the end of your nose. Okay, so does this surprise me? No, she's a fucking little. Little fucking bitch, okay? We should be tossed out immediately. You know she's crazy. She know you know she's she's suffering from dementia or something, okay? You can look at it. You know you can look at her eyes and see, hey 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 hey, those martinis must be doing doing a trick, pickling her brain, okay? So again, does that surprise me? No. Clear as a bell. 
Jordan. Mini, mini, mo. Oh, that that works. I turned my mic down uh, and forgot. Turn it back up again. Look, she is a spoiled brat. She is suffering from either dementia or Alzheimer's. I agree with you on that. She's about six cans shy of a six-pack and probably drank two more on top of it. But let's face the reality. They're not going to throw her out of there. And the people that vote for her every time to put her back in that godforsaken seat, they ought to be horsewhipped. I'm serious. They need to be fucking horsewhipped. People of California that vote for her to get to stay in Congress need to be horsewhipped real, real good. Because they're fucking blind in one eye, can't see out the other, and probably get kickbacks to vote for her. You know? Well, <laughs> look at uh, look at the the uh, bug-eyed beauty there, AOC. She won again. When I read that yesterday, I, I almost fucking faded and fell back. In it, okay, I, this is you just said it. How can these people in those districts that these people supposedly represent vote a stupid idiot like Piglosi, like bug-eyed? butt buddy there, and you know she likes to get in the ass, I'm sure, okay, uh, a socialist, a communist, how in the world are they able to do this? But is it because of their democratic-controlled cities? Oh, we hint, hint, wink, wink. Uh, you got uh, full of these millennial idiots that don't know their fucking ass from a hole in the ground, and what they say is Sounds good, just like with AOC. Socialism, everything for free. Well, hell, if that was really true, which it's not, I'd be voting for socialism, okay? But seeing that I am a logically very intelligent person, I know that nothing is fucking free, okay? Air, maybe. Well, hell, in some cases, they sell cans of air for electronic use, you know, for blowing your computer and stuff out. So technically, air is not even free anymore. So Piglosi putting all this shit in and, you know, impeach, 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 you know, sounds like Maxi Pad Waters. Impeach 45, impeach 45. Okay. Good God, they're all of them like that. Okay. It's just not Piglosi. It's all, all them idiots that think that they know what's best and you a dumbass and you don't know shit. Go ahead. Well, look, the way I see it is this. There are some people in this day and age that, you know, that just need to be taught a lesson as far as, you know, the politics are concerned. The people of California that vote for her haven't learned that lesson yet. Maybe it's time they started learning it. You know? Give them time. They'll learn Truthfully speaking, I think that California is a lost cause, okay? Just like New York, in my opinion, based on what I've seen on this show and what I've read, 
with Mike, the other Mike from New York there, say that all this shit is, I think it's a lost cause, because as long as there are these these crazy-ass left-wing idiots, Democrats, liberals, liberals, okay, you, how is it going to change, okay? I mean, if you, you're a fireman, if you have a roaring infor, uh, inferno that's 40 stories tall, can you whip your dick out and start pissing on it and think you're going to put the damn thing out? Uh, no. I don't think so. Okay. That's like trying to grab a garden hose and trying to put a 40-story fucking inferno out. Are you going to be able to do it? No. Sorry. It's just the same thing here. Until you get a bigger hose so you can put that 40-story fucking inferno out, then you might stand a fighting chance. But at this point in time, with all these crazy-ass Democrat liberals, liberal Democrats, one and the same, I don't see that happen. It's, it, it's logically impossible for that to happen. Spock from Star Trek would say, that's highly illogical. And he's right. He would be completely 100% right. Good. <clears throat> Well, think about this, Gunslinger. Think about this. If politics was so much fun, if, if politics were, were the most honest thing on the planet, then well, maybe, just maybe, you know, everybody would want to get in the game. But it's not. As soon as new Congress members or senators fresh to the game get in those doors, the vultures gather around them like crazy. I mean, we're talking about some serious motherfuckers that, you know, have been around for decades and will con them, you know, the new guys and gals into doing their bidding. These little greenhorns that don't know their don't know the real deal of what's going on behind those doors in the Congress or the Senate. That's what it comes down to. The reality of 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 political bullshit. But not everybody, you know, is what what they claim to be in politics. You know, the same way on every front around with everything else. You know, no matter whether you're a politician, a baker, a candlestick maker, doesn't matter what your job is. You can't be honest with yourself. How can you be honest with anyone else? If you can't do what you say you're going to do, then why bother at all? You know what I'm saying? 
They know that they can get away with everything. Look at what they're getting away with. I mean, can you imagine this country if all the politicians would act like Trump does? Honest, honesty, up front, then there would be no swamp. There would be none of this corruption bullshit. There would be none of this shit, okay? Because the way the founding fathers back in that day, that's what they did. That, they were honest politicians back then. I think they were more honest in the day by them, by far, okay? Because they actually went to Washington Deceivers now, wasn't then. Really, I don't even think they took a salary. I, don't, I think they did it for free, okay? And then when the government's business was done, they came back to wherever they came from and went about their business. Okay, they don't make a full-time career out of being a politician, especially a corrupt one. Now, there's probably a few in there that, that's probably honestly trying to do, the, to do the right thing, okay? I'm not saying that they're not, but and I think Trump has gotten rid of quite a few of these ones that are not doing the right thing. You're fired. Get the fuck out. Okay. Hit the road, Joe. Hasta la vista, baby. But he needs to do more and more and more of this, okay? And I'm sure he's going to be a shoe-in come November. And it's going to take another four years because Rome wasn't built in a day, okay? I don't think it was even tore down in a day. It took a long time, okay, because it has ingrained itself so deep in Washington that, you know, these people have been in there like, like Piglosi, what has she been in there? Fucking close to 40 fucking years now? 30 fucking 40 years now? My God, that bitch is growing roots out her fucking bottom of her fucking feet. These people need to go and to put in conservatives, you know, new people that have new ideas that are not corrupt and that are not affected by all this great power that they have. You know, when you're in Congress and all this shit, you know, your head gets big as the state of Texas, okay? Well, you know, that's why that's why they shouldn't be in there. They have term limits, okay? If the president has to have term limits, these motherfuckers of all the other places need to have term limits too. And then you would not, you may still have some level of corruption, yes, but I, I don't think you'd have it as, as much or as bad. Okay. See your lips moving. Thanks for the heads up, no way. <laughs> I knew there was something I forgot. You know what it is? I was clearing my. I, I'm going. I'm sitting there going. <clears throat> you know, just to clear my throat a little bit. And rather than do that in everybody's ear while Gunslinger was talking, I turned my mic off. And I'm sitting there. <clears throat> and you know, you know, trying to be polite. You know, trying to be the, the good host. And stuff, so I'm calling BLM. That, that's it. 
But uh, no, it, you know, I agree with uh, with Cherokee Rose uh, guys. You know, regarding what, in what she said about politics is in, there's some politics in everything. Because, all right, when, when long before the Boy Scouts had their scandal, when I was a teen, when I was a kid, you had politics in Boy Scouts. I mean, the, Scout, the Boy Scouts of America had their share of politics in, in, in every aspect of it, from the, from the Camborees to the, to the Jamborees to this thing to that thing. Just, get, just trying to figure out the styling of the uniform when they wanted to change it was, was like getting teeth pulled without Novocaine. You had to have a committee for everything. But I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm an assistant scoutmaster, you know, in my early 20s. And I'm thinking to myself, they want me to go down to the BSA headquarters in, in, down there in White Plains. They want me to sit there and for seven or eight hours in between three different committees. Not going to happen. I didn't go. Because the politics of it was going to drive me up the friggin' wall. It was going to drive me up the fucking wall. So, yeah, Cherokee Rose, you're right. There, there is politics and everything. You know. Um, what I find fascinating, what I really find fascinating, is that I don't think there's a lot of people out there that realize that. Um, Shit, there's politics even in internet broadcasting. You know, you've got one, one, one network trying to destroy another network and you got one network that's trying to, trying to put you out of business and the other one just sitting there going okay we'll see and the one that's sitting there keeping calm and, and, and not resorting to dumbass bullshit is the one that's, that's surviving the, mo- the most because they've got the most listeners they've got the most list- viewers they've got the most of everything and, and large support because of their archives not so much the live stuff, but the archives. And the politics in that is, you know, it's like choosing between a Republican and a Democrat. Does that make sense to anyone? Well, yeah, it, it's... Whoops, I hear an echo. Hold on, let me speak down a little bit here, see if that helps. What it does is it pitches people against each other. So what's happening right now in America is people want to have their itchy ears fed. So they're going to go hang out with any, you know, some of these live shows that they're doing now on YouTube or a a big podcast, and it has to do with the big name recognition. Everybody... You know how many people get starstruck when they call into a, a podcast that has a couple thousand listeners and they can't even speak 
because they're so awestruck. They want that 15 seconds of fame. So what's happening is a lot of these hosts, there's no content to it anymore. There's no discussion really of what the law is, why they're doing it, how it's happening. It's just we're going to tell you exactly what you want to hear. And Cherokee Rose is 100% correct. Of politics is in everything. How long did it take for the churches to be destroyed in America when they got involved in politics? They brought too much politics into their church. It wasn't right or left, but it was still politics. The politics of the church. So that's why I've always said, you go to a big coliseum, and you know that they're lying to you because the place is full. If the pastor was telling you the truth, the place would be empty. The people don't want to hear it. This is why so many people today, the problem with people today is there's so many. And you know a few, George. All they do for their facts is give you YouTube videos. That's it. So they go through YouTube and they find the people that are telling them exactly what they want to hear and they believe it 100%. They will not take listen to anybody else, but yet YouTube, it's already been proven that YouTube strips facts from the platform and only leaves the bullshit. That's it. Go on YouTube, and if you only listen to YouTube you would see that the earth is flat. We never went to the moon. Republicans started the KKK. Donald Trump wants to kill everybody. He's racist. That's all that's on there. And the ones with an opposition voice to it, they don't give you any facts anyway. They give you conspiracy theories and talking points that come right from the right side of media. I I made it through about five minutes of Tucker Carlson tonight again, and I, I, I'm, I just can't believe it. He's sitting there. The fear-mongering he's gone into every single day now is that Donald Trump is going to lose in November because he lost all of this support during the COVID and now these riots. It's costing him his presidency in November. The only thing Tucker Carlson's doing is trying to save his job. That's it. Because when you look, he doesn't say the poll anymore because he's been getting called out. When you poll 1,100 people, when CBS or NBC or CNN, they poll 1,100 people. 80% of them are friggin' Republicans and independents. And they can't, and they can beat Trump by two or three points? That's telling them they're scared. They know that they can't beat Trump in November when they can't even get their own base to vote in a poll against Trump. When you get 48% for Biden and 46% for Trump, that's telling me that. 20% of the Democrats are going to vote for Trump. That's how he gets that 46%. 20% 
20%. If, you know, these are the same people and the same polls that were telling us 95% chance that Hillary Clinton had the 2016 election. We even heard it coming out of Fox News nonstop. And here they are again doing the same thing. Trump didn't lose any support. He gained it. We are the silent majority. We know who we're going to vote for. We don't have to sit here and try to convince a useless idiot that to vote for Trump because they don't care. They're not intelligent enough to understand facts. They only listen to people that feed them everything they want. I checked before I came here. Half your audience, you know where they are. Because their itchy ears are being fed. They're being told just what they want to hear. It makes them feel all good about themselves until they wake up tomorrow and see that half the country's gone again. Well, what happened? What happened? What happened? Well, you sat on your ass and, and you, you ate the bullshit. So there you go. You got nobody to blame but yourself. Nancy Pelosi, it, it doesn't matter. Donald <laughs> Trump could cure cancer tomorrow. <laughs> and on Saturday, the Democrats would be having a fit saying he's killing people. He did something wrong. He didn't do that. Obama did that. I did that. That's how they are. That is Nazi political discourse. That's exactly what it is. This is this is what you're seeing right now with the media. The media is owned by the left. You saw in that Project Veritas video I sent you today. There it is again. Yeah, and that that brings up uh, something in no way. Uh, that that clip is 17 minutes long. Right. There's yeah. really no point in breaking it up into two parts necessarily. So what I was thinking of doing is playing this Project Veritas clip, letting the people hear exactly what's being said because I played the other. We played the first part a couple of days ago. Remember? Yeah. And now this, this guy was getting blackballed and fired because of who he was. Mm-hmm. So I think people will find this very interesting indeed. Uh, so I'm going to give you guys out there listening right now and watching on the, on, on the video plats uh, exactly what I what no way sent to me. And I, I sat and watched it, and I was like, holy shit, I've got to share this on the air tonight. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. This is social media at its at its craziest. It's social media at its darkest. But before I get to that, seven three two area code. You only get one opportunity, and you're going to waste it if you don't start talking right now. Hey, how you doing? I'm talking right now. And you're done right now. Have a nice day, Nicholas. Wonder if he needs any toilet paper. Probably, but I haven't got any to spare. <laughs> oh, I got some bark. 
I hear bark works pretty good. Or I got some nice leaves. You ever heard of poison ivy? Oh, too true. Yeah, but you gotta be careful when you when you go to give it to them. That's the only thing. But uh, you know, sandpaper, sandpaper. There you go. And there's right. another idea. There you go. Now, now, 80, now you see, now you see, no way. That's how I handle trolls. They get one shot, and I give them that one shot. And if I, as soon as I start to see that they're going in the direction I think they're going, goodbye. And people tell me I should that I that I should not do that to people. Why? <laughs> it's exactly. enjoyable. I mean, last time I checked, this, this this show was my show, and I could run it as I see fit. And if they yeah. hack my computer, I'm coming to New York and paying you a visit. It ain't my fault. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> and then there's, then there's the, the people who, who think their cameras have been hacked into. Um, I talked to a friend of mine who's an A-plus tech. He just let, I told him that's about that situation. I talked to him right after I spoke to you today, no way. And he just started laughing. He said, who's the idiots that believe they're being hacked, their cameras are being turned on? <laughs> right. Who the fuck told them that their, their, their cameras are, are magically coming on without a... Without the indicator light turning on. It can't. It's all in the same circuit. <laughs> it's all in the same circuit. Yeah, right. 733 code, you had your chance. Get lost. Well, he can't because everybody tells him where to go. <laughs> well, I guess getting lost would be telling him where to go, wouldn't it? Right. I have I have that plaque right down in my finished basement, hanging right there in the wall, and it's been there forever. It's a guy standing there, kind of looking all bummed out. And I'm never lost because everybody oh, tells me where to go. Seven three two eight code. I gave you your chance. You blew it. I I, I told you no more. Dude, What's I love the fucking show, man. Yo, get lost. You sound like somebody who's called in here before and done stupid. Right. We don't do stupid here. Thank you. Have a nice day. Anyway. But but that that's how it is. They, you know, I I heard there's a there's a black couple black guys. They do unite America first on YouTube. And I was listening to a bit of them tonight when they were doing it. Now, here's two black guys. One of them comes right out and says, they've already, and what it is, I did check. President Trump did not need to sign anything for the declaration of um, Antifa being a a uh, terrorist outfit. That's all A.G. Barr. He does that. And that's already been done. Now, they came right out and said, it's time to classify BLM as a domestic terrorist organization because they are no different. These are two black guys saying this. Mm -hmm. That that sit there and do their live stream with, get over it, Trump is your president. Right on their t-shirts. Huh? 
Yeah, and they have the Confederate flag hanging on the wall behind them. <laughs> so, but but this is it. See, this is where, like, I know I, I set off on my little rant the other night and almost blew my lungs out. But that's the thing right there. People need to stop being scared. They need. It, it's the same thing when I talk about the church. It's like so many people get so offended immediately because it's not what they've been spoon-fed. One thing you cannot do is take one verse out of Scripture and put your own interpretation to it. You need to take the book, who wrote it, who he wrote it to, what was the purpose of writing it, and what is the context within the chapter that the verse is. That tells you what the interpretation of that verse is. Mm -hmm. And that's what's happening today with our country. They're doing the same thing. They took a statement from, who was it, Um, John Adams or one of those, when he said, that when he mentioned the separation of church and state will always be there, he was making a statement that the church and the government will stay separated, and you will have that forever. So now they automatically today take that one thing out of context and say it's in the Constitution. But it's not in the Constitution. Because the government cannot tell you that you cannot practice religion. So when your child goes to school and has trust in God on his T-shirt, they do not have a constitutional right to stop him from wearing that. It doesn't matter who it offends. People need to stand up to their convictions the same way in their political views. This is how America was created. This is how America is. Nowhere in that Constitution does it protect your right from being a mindless little drone and offended at everything. It doesn't. If you're that much of a little pansy and can't handle my belief, then leave. Get. You don't like guns? Don't buy one. But don't call somebody with a gun to protect you when your house is being broken into. You yeah, don't no believe shit. in guns. Yeah, <laughs> right. No hypocrites. Total fucking hypocrites <laughs> is what they are. Yeah. Yes. Good, that's a good exactly. way to say. Yeah. Exactly. If you don't yeah, if you don't value freedom and if you don't value people with guns when you need help and you call people with guns in the authority then fuck you. Get the fuck out of my goddamn country. Fuck you, you know? Right. Sorry about that. <laughs> you know, just plain and simple. The truth hurts. This is what's so fucking stupid about all this shit. Changing Aunt Jemima syrup. Uh, oh, uh, you might be called a racist, you know? Oh, God. Well, well it looks like, other, it looks like there's something going on in... Wow, what was that? What? I just heard something going on in the background. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
You were playing your clip know. or something? An ad? No, I was. Oh, I, I was. I was rifling through something, and I and I must have. I must have. Hit, I must have hit the sound by mistake. Because you, I don't know if you heard today. Did you hear? There, uh, BMW, Pepsi, Doritos, uh, Healer Packard. They all pulled their ads from Facebook. You know why? Until you ban all conservatives and Donald Trump posts, we're not sending you any more ad money. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Can you imagine? Like I said, they're getting stupider, and the, the word stupid and stupidity is growing bigger and bigger exponentially by leaps and bounds every single day, okay, because of bullshit like this. All the fucking the, the statues and the, and the Confederate statues, what the fuck are you going to do? You ain't going to change history, you dumb fucks, okay? It is what it is, okay? And it was what it was then, okay? So. Right. Never going to do that, but these they got this in their fucking pea sized little brains. That well, maybe if I get rid of the symbolism, like maybe guns, what which uh, gee whiz, what made this country? Uh, you think it might have been guns? What won all these world wars and all these conflicts that we've been in? Guns, right? You see where that going? <laughs> well, don't don't you don't you know guns? That we sat down with Britain in 1776 and we negotiated the 13 colonies and we won the negotiation. Don't you know that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That was just, that was just, right. you know, putting everybody that was invited to to uh, to uh, all the way get together. and They had fucking strippers and all kinds of uh, putting around the peace pipe and all that shit. Yeah. And it went all good, it, didn't it? it? Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah, it worked fine. <laughs> but you know, you know why, Gun, today all this is happening? Because nobody's fighting back. Nobody. Nobody's fighting back. Nobody's stopping them. Everyone's all afraid of, oh, no, they, they might shame me on Twitter or Facebook. They might do a hate video about me. Whoop de friggin' do. Who cares? <laughs> when we started, when RZ started his podcast, when we started all that panel show, you know how we grew so big? They hated us so bad. We even had a troll that was recording the show and making YouTube videos attacking us. The more they attacked us, the bigger we grew. It worked right against him. He gave up within a month because he wasn't shutting us down. He was just growing our audience for us. They'd done the same thing to me. They they tried to get my show shut down, and all they did was, was grow it. So, and, and today, you know, I you, you can come right back to the Bible. What has a man gained if he's gained the world at the cost of his soul? 
So many people want to gain the world. They want the world to love them. And if you if the world loves you, then you're doing something wrong. It's that simple. Jesus said it right clearly. If they hated me for my gospel, they will surely hate you. So if everybody loves you, you're doing something wrong. I don't care if people hate me. I couldn't care less. You know, I, I used to ask a lot of people, oh, how do you like me now? Or they they look at me and, well, how do you like me now? Well, no better than I did this morning when well, I got up. You know, that, that kind of goes back to what, I, to what I said in my talk, to what I read in my talking points tonight. Exactly. I know who Sarge is. I okay, know that. So you know who I'm talking about. Now, he's I had to, the same man that was on Twitter. Huh? He was the same guy that's on Twitter by the same thing. Goes by Sarge when I was on there. Um, yeah, he's uh, prior service military. Does his, does a podcast on? Uh, he does it on Spreaker now, I think. Right. Yeah. Do it face live for a long time, and yeah. Well, I had to. I, I I saw that post by him, and I had to kind of reword it a little bit to fit the civilian populace, because civilians may not get the may not know what it means to uh, watch your six. Some no, some folks in this world will because they have family members in the military, but the av- the average citizen, no military connection whatsoever, is going to look at that and go, huh? Right. <laughs> Watch my six. Watch me by watch your watch my six, ma. Watch your back, dude. <laughs> I can't watch my back, dude. I can't turn my head that far. <laughs> right, right. So uh, I mean, let's face the reality here. So you know, going back to what I read, and 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 this, and I have it right here in front of me. Okay. In that last sentence, this is what loyalty means to me. What does loyalty, what does it mean to you? You know, loyalty, like a a double-edged sword, okay? You can either defend defend your friends, your family, and so forth with that double-edged sword. And be loyal to your friends, your family, your coworkers, your colleagues. Or you can use that same double-edged sword to stab them all in the back. Yep, sure can. Been down that road way too many times. There are people who used to come to this show that don't come anymore. That don't even want to have any kind of contact with me. Because you didn't kiss their ass. Will not say why. If I did something to offend them, if I did, if I said something that hurt that hurt them deeply, they need to come to me personally, off air, face to face, or on the phone, and say, "Hey, George, listen, we need to talk. Can we talk for a few minutes?" And I'd be happy to talk with them. But I've tried to get people to talk to me, and you know, something's like getting teeth pulled without novocaine. Fucking pain. Yeah, I and pulled my own teeth. It does hurt. <laughs> I'm not and, I, and my <laughs> wife will admit it. She'll tell you. I've done it. 
Yeah, I don't think I'm a coward or anything. I just won't. I'm afraid that I'll, that I'll screw something up and I'll, and I'll have to go in for oral surgery or something. But, nope. you know, it, it it is what you were saying, the loyalty, it is there. That was one of the reasons it, it was easier for me just to leave the podcasting. It ended up, what I was doing is, yeah, I had lots of archive listens. But the people that came there live, like, say, you're sitting there talking about a subject and content, and you've got 20 people in your chat room talking about the price of rice in China. Are they listening to you, or are you just providing them a chat room? And that's what I got so tired of. I'm bringing content forward. You See, like I, it? I can turn the, the chat room off. They, they, right. They, you know, and that's that's easy to do. Right. But you see, this is what I was seeing. I'm talking about a subject, and I asked for comments in the chat about what I just said. You look over in the chat, and they're posting posts from Twitter. And did you see what so-and-so said? And did you see what they're doing here? It's, and then I'd, I'd be real... Did you even hear what I said? Huh? 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 And, and it's like, why? I don't pay for this and do this to provide a social hour. If you don't like the content, then leave. Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, I, I've, had, I've had people, I had a couple of people say to me, well, your show is exactly like, this person's show. No, it's not. No, not even close. Okay? And it gets to the point where you get tired of hearing that kind of stupid, moronic, imbecilic statement. Right. Because I provide a discussion form, a real discussion form about what's happening around us that has the potential to affect us. Okay, or our country as a whole. Bottom lining it, I don't. Op- I don't have the phone lines open for everybody to talk over everybody else, and you can't understand two words any three people are saying. And I don't open my show up to you know to monopolization or or or, or stupidity about whatever subject they're talking about that is that has nothing to do with what I brought to the table. Right. You know, if they want to talk about they want to talk about uh, snow plows, or if they want to talk about uh, some obscure uh, Second World War flag, or 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 some drone piece of shit that doesn't you know, that you don't even that has nothing to do with the subject matter that I bring to the table for for everyone to discuss, then you're wasting my time and your own. And you're wasting the time of, of the people that are here to, to discuss what I've brought forth. Right. And, you know, I, I don't like having to resort to this kind of chatter when I'm on my show. I really don't. But sometimes, I, you know, I get sick and tired of the bullshit and I have to speak out. You know? I've got well, people that talk behind my back in, in other places that haven't got the balls to say it to my face. 
Yeah, that that's kind of bullshit. Okay. That is. If you if you have something so if you've got something to say about me, you come to my front door and you say it to my face. If you ain't got the balls to do that, then keep your fucking mouth shut and keep my name out of your mouth. Right. You ain't man enough to tell me that to my face, and you ain't man enough to say it in the first place. It's that simple. And and it is. I mean, like like I I laugh at at the old lady. She'll be sitting down there, and, and it's like, what are you doing watching CNN? Oh, I just want to see what they're saying. How do you even know what they're saying? You've got five people all talking at the same time, all <laughs> saying something different at the same time. That's that's not an informative discussion. That's a bunch of narcissistic looney tunes just trying to get their 15 seconds of fame. That's all it is. And, you you know, it has to be respectful. Even when certain people would call in to my show and I would let them in, and they were being respectful. As long as they were being respectful, I didn't care what their view was. I would let them say their piece. And then I would set them straight. And in a way, that's what a lot of people liked about it. You know, I had one guy call in one night, and he he was he was an anti-Semite. He was talking bad about Israel. He was saying this is a Zionist world, and he was going on and on and on. And then I muted him because he wouldn't shut up. And I said, now you're going to hear my point of view. Israel has the right to exist just like everybody else. This is not a Zionist world, and I don't care what you think. There is good and bad in every country. If Israel does not have the right to exist, then neither does any other country in the world. And the UN did not create Israel in 1948. God did that 4,000 years ago when he wiped out the heathens and the Canaanites and the pagans that occupied his sanctuary. You got a problem with that? Take it up with God. But don't sit there and think you're going to use my show to tell people that Israel only was only created in 1948. No, that's when they were given their land back after centuries of being punished by God. Yeah. I mean, we, we look, at, we look at, the, at, at the sheer magnitude of how people think it's okay. As soon as they call into a show, okay, they may talk about your subject for 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes, and then all of a sudden... Oh, did you hear what this one did, what this one said, what that one wants to do? What's that got to do with what we're talking about here? Oh, no, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm starting another topic. And I'm thinking in the back of my mind, 
and you are the host of this show and have the right to do that. How? Well, I, I used to tell people that, George. You want to run a show of a bunch of babbling bullshit, then cut a check, sign on the dotted line, and create your own network. This is my network, my show. If you don't like it, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Exactly. <laughs> Period. You know, what happened last night, I should have cut off after, the first, after 20 minutes. Yeah, it, it, was, it was getting pretty annoying, but my internet quit. And I, I will say, it, it was get. It was like, I can't believe it. I, I've never, you know, there's very few people in this world other than a Democrat that can talk for an hour and say absolutely nothing. And at one point, I lost a listener because of because of one because the one thing they they were they were talking about. No, everyone that I know of has gotten tired of hearing about. And it's like you chase away my listeners with that shit. I'm thinking to myself, that's fucked up. Well, it ain't going to happen ever again. I guarantee it. You know, people. I welcome people to call in that have that legitimately want to. Legitimate. Oh boy, I'm doing good. <laughs> legitimately wish to discuss some of the news topics that I bring to the table. But if you're going to sit there and change the subject because you because you you don't want to discuss it, well then you called in. If you shouldn't have called in. Right. Right. You know, people. You know, I welcome the calls, but I don't welcome. The changing of the format because it's not what you want. And, and there is, I mean, too many people today put too much faith. I watch a lot of YouTube stuff for people's opinions. There is little to no fact when it comes to YouTube. Because if it was fact, YouTube would kick it off. There is fact in it, but it's people's opinions. When I do a YouTube video, the few that you've seen, I use their words to prove what I'm saying. I use their documents to prove what I'm saying. Like people were were trying to say that Dr. Fauci was not with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. I went to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and found their board of directors, and guess whose name was on it? Dr. Anthony Fauci, of course. Exactly. Who I mean, was part I, of the I, research I, you know, and development. Dave, you and I do the same thing. I even <laughs> right. went to, to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to look at their board of directors and found Fauci's name there. And I was like, oh, shit, look at this. Exactly. Motherfuckers on the on the Gates Foundation with corporate directors. Gee, I wonder why, I wonder how much he's getting to do that gig. All right. Oh, millions. This guy has made millions. But, but this is what's wrong. This is why the political discourse that you see, this is why Pelosi talks the way she, she knows she's lying. And she knows she's 
past. It's just like, why did Adam Schiff come out today with a new bill that he is proposing to the House to redo the Posse Comitatus Act, to strip the right of the president to uphold the law of the land. You didn't hear that was coming out, did you? And I I saw the document, H.R. 7237, I think it was. And it is to strip the president from the right to use federal troops to uphold the law of the land. Well, here's the thing. If, If they pass the bill in the Congress, it still has to go to the Senate. Where it'll die. Big time. But, you know, it's like, it's like someone that used to come to this show would say, at least they can now say that they're, trying, that they're doing something. No, they're not. If they were, if, if they were actually doing something, <laughs> they'd actually be doing something the American people could gravitate to and the president would even sign off on. That it wouldn't die in the in this in the Senate, and it would be good for the good for the country. But right, anything the Democrats put forward is not for the good of the country; it's for the good of themselves and their uh, let's see, their lobbyists, their special interest groups, and their wallets. So why do you think Nadler now is floating around? that he wants to impeach Barr because they're closing in on the swamp. So they need to, they want to get rid of Barr. Yeah, but and it's and it goes right back to what I said earlier, uh Noe. Think about this. They can't get Trump, so they're going to try and get others involved with Trump. See? Right. They're going to sit there and they're going to say well, we, can't, we tried to impeach Trump. That failed. So now we're going to go after William Barr, the Attorney General. Right. Because he's heading up. He's the one that is shutting down. He's already shut down. <coughs> he shut down their illegal revenue stream. Think of the billions of dollars that has been lobbied through foreign countries and funnel back to their families, Pelosi, Kerry, Romney, Biden. All that's dried up. All that's gone. Billions of dollars is gone right from them. There's no more bribes. There's no more money laundering. There's no more getting paid $6 million in a company that you know nothing about. That stuff's all gone. The Clinton Foundation has lost all their funding. Chelsea Clinton uh, has lost all her slush fund coming from the taxpayers. All this stuff is drying up, and they have to do it before Barr can turn and classify BLM as a terrorist, domestic terrorist organization for what their own words are enough to sink their ship. We'll burn it down. Really? 
But as long as I guess as long as you have a bunch of mouthpieces on other shows just sitting there running their mouth, it's not like they're man enough to stand up and do anything about it. Exactly. But people know I I know a lot of people and I know what's going on behind the scenes. I know how many people just in here in Maine alone when the word goes out we all stand up, and that's when they all shit their pants. Because I know how many people there are just in the state of Maine. And we'll do what has to be done. Why do you think there's nothing burning? There's no more protests, no nothing going on in Maine. Why is that? We put a stop to it. And I think that's what people in California need to do. People in Washington State need to do. Washington, D.C. needs to do. New York. Chicago. I know of a lot of people. You want guns in Chicago? We'll walk them right over there and hand them to you. You want your protection? We'll give them to you. Oh, you need some ammo to go along with that? Here you go. It's that simple. And you know that there's a lot being sold. When you go to to look for guns and all you see is five pages of sold out, sold out, sold out, sold out, sold out, sold out. They can't uh... even manufacture them fast enough. You know, I was I was at the mailbox this afternoon, and a, a friend of mine called me up and said, "Hey George, listen, I'm on my way to the uh, to the gun store to pick up some extra ammo, for, you know, from for my uh, for my shotgun and my 22 and my uh, 30 out six. Uh, since I'm going there, why don't you come with me? We'll pick up some some extra 22s for your uh, for your AR7." I said, "I ain't got the money." He said, "I didn't ask you that, dumbass." What? <laughs> What do you, do you need? Some? Do you want some? If you've already got some, we'll get you some more. Damn it! Do you do you want to go or not? I know you're probably bored sitting at the house. I said, well, I can't do it today. Maybe tomorrow, but not today. He goes, hmm. I guess I can wait till tomorrow. I said, well, if you can wait till Friday, then I'll send you. I'll text you my address. Let me know what time you want to go over now, so this way I know it'll be ready. We're going to go over about lunchtime, 1 o'clock. And he turned around and he said to me, George, before I hang up, can I ask you one really good, you know, question? And I said, sure, what's that? He goes, (coughs) how many rounds do you have right now? I said I have a thousand rounds. He goes, How the fuck did you manage that? I said, Don't ask. Long story. <laughs> I said, Actually, it's not a long story. It's a short story, but, it's, you know, uh, I, I, let me wait till I get back in the air conditioning to tell you it's hot out here. Right. He goes, Okay. So I'm walking back. I've got him on the cell phone. Well, I, get in the, I get in the house. I'm huffing and puffing because I, I walked up a flight of stairs in the sweltering heat. Because the humidity alone was killing me. 
and I get inside. I said, okay. A friend of mine down in Peekskill, and I belong to the same gun owners association. I'd go to the range up there. This guy would, would knows I don't have any ammunition on me, so he goes. So he hands me either he hands me a stack of ammo from his house, or he buys a box of ammo at the gun store where the where the range is. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, I didn't ask him to do this shit, and he does it anyway. I'm like, okay. I'm not ungrateful or anything. Don't don't misunderstand me. I'm very grateful right. that he did that, you know. But yeah, I'm the kind of person who, if I didn't ask you to do it, please don't do it. Just you know, just you know, just don't just go. Here you go, George. I don't have the money for that. Don't worry about it. But I don't. Have, don't worry about it. But I don't worry. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Well, the good thing is, twenty twos are pretty cheap. Yeah, they are. But I, I did find a site today. I was, I was almost floored. Army can. Five hundred rounds. M one grand one fifth. You know, they're one fifth thirty odd six one fifty grain. Whoa. Hello, boys. Goodbye, boys. Um. And I, I almost. Yeah, no, that's the county. We don't have local. We have county only. Oh, you poor, you poor devils. Yeah, we. Uh, well, we have two contract sheriffs. We pay for their yearly salary, and that's what they do. Is they monitor this town. Mm. But uh, for five hundred rounds, it's only three hundred and forty-nine dollars. For M1 Garan. M1 grand, yeah, 30 odd six, 150 grain. I went, nice. Um, um, no, stop, stop, stop. You got too many zeros behind your rounds now. <laughs> stop. <laughs> yeah, I but don't... you can never have enough. No. And that's what well, my friend said to me on the phone today. You can never have enough. Well, the, the thing is, you want to go buy them in person. You, you really do. Um, who knows what's been delivered to your house? The yeah, person. And, and, and honestly, I would not want something like that sent sent to me uh, by carrier, or you know, like a FedEx or UPS or or right. US Postal or shit like that. Right. Because not that not that I don't tr- not that it's not a question of trusting them. It's a question of uh, it's a question of trusting. The people that see the truck pull up in front of my fucking door. Well, the thing is, something like that, when it gets shipped, it says explosive right on it. And it's all in special boxes and crates and everything when it gets shipped. Oh, well, in that case, no, I'd rather buy it face-to-face. Right. Fuck that. Right. I, I buy it face-to-face. Because as, as, as soon as anybody sees explosive in my neck of the woods, they're on the phone to the fucking cops real quick, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And you're like, oh my God, he's got a box that says explosives on it. We get, we need help. Yeah. Um, squad shows up. SWAT team is there. Here come here and here come the regular guys. What? They're all standing outside, and then the news trucks arrive. Well, yeah, uh, hey, of course. Does anybody know how 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 many cops were involved in the shooting? 
What shooting? You know, the, the cops are here. The SWAT team is here. How many cops shot the guy? Is he dead? Is he still alive? Did he shoot? Was he shooting at them? Did they shoot back? Are you well, fucking retarded? Well, yeah, they are. George, it's funny you just said that. I'm sitting here the other morning, sitting here taking my meds. Sometimes, some morning, it could take an hour for it to clean the crap so I can just breathe. So I'm sitting here and I'm listening to the scanner. Our postal service goes around, a lot of times you'll see 8, 9 o'clock in the morning. They go around with a truck and they drop off big packages on your doorstep. Your regular mail comes by the carrier, but this is the same type of truck that'll just show up and it delivers the bigger packages. Somebody called the cops the other morning saying there was a suspicious package left at his on his neighbor's door. Cops show up, take it, and everything is like it's just a postal service. They actually had to go down to the post office and clarify it through the post. And I'm thinking, is this for real? Is this for real? <laughs> uh, apparently, yeah, it was. Oh, God. It, you know, and you can hear the cops are sick and tired of dealing with it, this kind of stuff. But yet, what did Obama start? Mm. See. See something, say something. Oh, what did Adolf Hitler do? See something, say uh, no, something. No, uh, no, no way. Uh, I hate to correct you on that, but see something, say something was before Obama. Oh, that was Bush. Yeah, that was Bush. Because right. that, that was post-9-11. Yeah. But then Obama was pushing it, too. Remember, they stripped right. it off. He, and, yeah, because he, he, he pushed it. To the extreme. Right. Oh, if they bring a knife, you bring a gun. I want you up in their face. That's just what he was preaching. But they stripped that off in the Internet real quick. When we started throwing it up on our websites and playing it on our podcasts, and it was on it was right on YouTube. Well, and, and like, like in 2000, what was it, 2009, when he came out with, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. Yeah. Two, if you like your health insurance, you can keep your health insurance. Period. No one will take it away. Ever. Right. And how do you know a and Democrat's people, lying? The lips are moving. Right. Well, mind you, when Obamacare started, over a million plus people lost their health insurance. Oh, I know. I know. And then they tried to sign up for Obamacare. And couldn't Remember? do it. Couldn't do it. When they, when, they, when they went to sign up, they were told, you don't qualify for the Affordable Care Act. You have to right. go on Medicaid. Yeah. Huh? Well, that's what the whole thing was. The whole thing was to push single-payer health care. The wife, she had it. She had an insurance through her work. When Obamacare hit, 
her premium went from $200 a month to $600 a month. And the out-of-pocket went from $1,000 to $12,000. And that's when I said, it's time for you to go sign up for the VA. You're not getting suckered into that bullshit. And that's when I... That's when I started fighting for my main care because it's like, screw it. I've paid in over a a half a million dollars through my working career. Then they told me I wasn't qualified to to have it. Well, during during Obama, all all these all the years with Obamacare, okay, because you know I have Medicare, right? So I opened up. One of the mailings, uh, I think it's from CMS, the people that, that got the, the, the outfit that governs the Medicare uh, payments and everything else. Yeah. I opened up this one letter. And I was floored. I even got a letter from Social Security. They floored me even further. In bold print. The Affordable Care Act was mentioned twice. Oh, yeah. And its involvement in Medicare. I blew my stack because we were told by his royal hiney, the fuckhead, Obama the first, that it would not affect Medicaid or Medicare. But in fact, it was Medicare. And Medicaid. Bingo. You yep. got it. Because every every year when I have to, I don't know if they do it for you, but every year I have to fill out the papers in October every year to get reapproved for my yeah, main care. Right. It, it's like my lungs are going to mysteriously get better in a year, and I'm not going to be disabled anymore because of it. Well, that's but like I with feel me. They expect me to be magically cured of my lower back pain, my arthritis in my knee, well, yeah. epilepsy, you know. Are you sure you're not faking it? Are you sure? Positive. <laughs> if I were faking, believe me, I'd, I'd know it. But you know what? You know what's funny about it? It took two years so, to them finally understand. I had to put it in big, bold writing. Our oldest son no longer lives here. But he kept showing up on the paperwork. And last fall, they finally got the hint. But guess what comes right behind it? Because two people in the household do not qualify for the main care, but I do because of my disability. I I can't have Social Security disability because I don't qualify for that. But here's your main care because you qualify for that for a disability. But right behind that, two letters comes in to me. One for the wife, one for the son that I have him stay here to get shit done and to holler at me when he catches me doing it. But the U.S. American government healthcare marketplace, they are pre-approved. <laughs> rip, rip. 
file that under trash, and off we go. But yes. it, it happens every year. I get starts around the last week of September. Oh shit! Sorry about that. That one came out of nowhere. The last week of September, I start getting the mailings about the health markets. Oh, yeah. And I just got well care back this year. Of all the ones I had, well care was the best. Yeah, we don't have anything like that. When this COVID-19 bullshit started, thanks to China, I end up stuck in the house, having to do telehealth with my doctor, telehealth with, with, with my heart doctor, which that's an interesting one, doing telehealth with a heart doctor that says, I can't, I don't understand why we're doing this actually came out and said to me, I don't understand why we're doing this telehealth shit. I can't do an electrocardiogram over the computer. I said, well, I can give you my blood pressure, my pulse rate over the computer. I've got a, a blood pressure kit that, I, that, that reads all that for me. She goes, okay, well, I can take that from you. I said, do you want me to get on the scale and give you the weight too? She goes, can you do that right now? I said, sure. I got up from my chair. I pulled out the bathroom digital scale, set it down on the floor, stood on it, and I went, till, 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 till. And she said, <laughs> laughing. I said, Doc, if it actually starts saying that, run. So I gave her my weight. She said, you know, you've given me more information in this telehealth than I would have expected. I said, well, that's because I'm, I'm, I'm like an old Boy Scout. I come prepared. I, with, I have... Oh, here it is. Well, they, they kicked me out of the Boy Scouts when I started eating the brownies. I'm not going to comment on that on the grounds that, it, that I'll, I'll start laughing too much. <laughs> So, as you can see, I, I, I come very well prepared, stethoscope and all. One problem with the stethoscope, every time I go to find my heart, it's not there. Of course not. We know every you time don't I go to listen to my, to my lungs, they're not there. And, the doc, and I says to the doctor, I said, why is that? And she goes, well, it might help if you put the stethoscope in your ears. I said, even with the things in my ears, I still can't find it. He goes, then you're dead. I said, oh, is that what the problem is? I, I wondered why, that, why I couldn't find anything. So I, I joke with my doctors, but I, 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 the, as soon as the telehealth is about to wrap up, I turned to, turned to my heart doctor and I said, look, I don't know when we'll, I'll get a chance to do an EKG. I would love to get it done. So this way you have it for my records. But right now, we're being told what we can and cannot do. What we're allowed to do, what we're not allowed to do, how we're supposed to do it, when we're supposed to do it. I'm surprised they haven't told us 
how many times a day were to go sit on the toilet to take a crap? Oh, they do. You're supposed to have three good bowel movements a day. If not, you're irregular. Well, then I must not be very. I must be very regular then, because I'm. I. 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 Then this is no joke, folks. I kid you not. I have five, at least five regular bowel movements. Bowel movements. Yeah. Try and say that without getting the tongue blocking the eye teeth, George. Five bowel movements a day. Sometimes six, depending on how on how on how my insides really feel. When I told that to my regular doctor, she just looked at me like this. Right. She didn't know what to make of it. But it with medicine, half of it's a lie. Half of it is just a money diagnosis. This is what I call them: money diagnosis. They give you a diagnosis that costs you money. And it, it you know, there, there's so much out there. Like with this, with this COVID and everything right now, why, why is it? I mean, if, if, when you think about it logically, why, why do they outlaw and restrict the use of what they already know works? but force you into some new experimental drug that they have no idea of side effects or anything. Yeah. See, one Because of the, one they're of the, all making millions of dollars, even your state. Like I said, there, there's been a drug they wanted to put me on for two years so I don't have to take that small dose of steroid every day. Mm-hmm. Because I need the med- the other medicine that's with it. But that's the only one main care will pay for. That costs them $787 a month. I just had it renewed tonight. When you look right at it, you see my copay is $3. It said U.S. Right below it, it says U.S. But I can't have the other medicine because they don't pay for that, which has no steroid in it and a better broncholator. But that they don't pay for. Why is that? When I was in there for my appeal for the main care the first time, I'm an appeals judge, and you send me to an appeal. You're damn right I'm going to let you have it. I'm going to let you have it with all of it. And I did. And one thing that I, I enjoyed saying was when I looked right at him, I says, you know, it would be nice. I know you guys would rather people like me just die. But would you stop making it so obvious? He just looked at me. And the guy on the phone said, um, um, um. We don't want to kill you. Yeah, okay. Do I need to really get into the proof? Silence. Well, okay, I think that's enough. I think we have everything we need. Two days later, here you go. You're accepted. Well, of course, assholes. <laughs> but it is. It, it's, you know, I, I, I would see what they, what they, they did. And it, it's all about money. 
because the drugs that we that we take that we have to take to survive why they're controlled by the state is called kickbacks the state gets their kickback the doctor gets their kickback the distributor gets their kickback the hospital gets their kickback everybody that has anything to do with you and your prescription gets a kickback. Some of these doctors are getting three to four thousand dollars a month in kickbacks from pharmaceuticals. That's why they love their prescription pads so much. Cha ching, cha ching, cha ching, cha ching. You know, somebody says, oh, yeah, I bet you they only get about 50 cents a prescription. I said, yeah, okay. Now, what about a doctor that has 10,000 prescriptions written a month? Oh, right. Exactly. You know, right. my doctor, unfortunate, she knows a lot of the stuff you're talking about. She knows the way the system operates, and she she bucks the system for her patients. Right, but she still has a private pa- practice, or is she part of the ho- uh, a hospital? No, she's she has she's involved with a medical group. But here's the thing: she's pretty much independent. Right. Well, some medical groups are. You're you're lucky there. My medical group is the hospital. Yeah. Well. My doctor turned to me, and, and, and this is, I found this rather funny. She goes, George, I know it's a racket. I know, it, I, I know it's a rigged system that goes against the patients more than it does anything else. Right. So she turned to me and she said, I know what your insurance allows and what it doesn't allow. I know what you can, what you can get and what you can't get. But I also know how to get it through your insurance company and still get it where it won't cost you an arm and a leg and a foot. Right. Or no copay at all. Because I will fight for my patients. I'm not going to sit there and watch them go without what they truly need, especially like in your case. She said that because her and I, when I was first diagnosed with high blood pressure, we tried one blood pressure med. It didn't do anything for my blood pressure. And my blood pressure is high. When I, if I don't take my medication, it is it gets up there, dangerously right. high. Right. So she tried me on a second blood pressure med. It started to work a little bit, but it wasn't that it wasn't doing that good a job with two meds. Oh shit! That's exactly what she said. <laughs> All right, we'll try this. We'll try a third one. If this doesn't work, I'm not putting you on a fourth one because then I'm putting you at risk. You're already, it's already risky for you as it is with three. I said, well, how risky is risky? She says, well, if I reduce the dosage, you know, the amount that you take with two of them to once a day and the other one is twice and the third one is twice a day, then you're, you're, pretty, you're doing pretty good. All right. So we tried that, and that brought my blood pressure down to a normal level. I got down to normal. And as big as I am and as, and as, and as 
heavy as I've gotten, I have normal blood pressure with three blood pressure meds. One of the blood pressure meds my insurance company wasn't, uh, wasn't really going to let me have. And it's a widely prescribed medicine. And the excuse they gave Dr. Gillette was that, simply put, he's already on two other blood pressure meds. We, can't, we cannot allow him to take a third. Who the fuck are you to say you can't, you, you're not going to allow me? Are you doctors? You know, that, that's, that's, that's the question that ran through my head. Are these motherfuckers, motherfuckers at Empire? This was Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield, mind you. And yeah, said, but this is government regulation. See, yeah. this is where pe- people don't understand that it wasn't Obamacare. This was already put in place long before. Obamacare was just the final, the, the final nail in the coffin. But we've been under these regulations for a long time. Why is it that my copay is three dollars, but somebody that has worked and retired, their copay is thirty dollars per prescription? Even the wife through the VA is thirty dollars per prescription. Mine's three. And right now, because of COVID, I don't even have to pay that. You want to hear a good one? This, today, this morning, I get a call from my pharmacy asking me if I had the shingles, sh- the, the shot for the shingles virus yet. Uh, no. And I'm thinking to myself, why would I get a shot for shingles? Okay, okay. that's the new greatest thing, Fred. Or, yeah, Fred, listen to me. Sorry, Ed George. Well, I was just talking to Cross Canada News this afternoon. His name is Fred. (laughs) Uh, Well, listen, I've been called worse things. Asshole, fuck up, screw up, moron. I've even even been called by the worst name of all. George. George. Oh, wait a minute, that's my name. Never mind. It's, it's, I, I, I am doing very badly. I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I'm just being a bit of a commodian. Oh, that's how, that's how it goes. But, you know, that's... It's, it's so pathetic. Because, see, I'm only allowed three medications for my uh, lungs. And it's not because of any insurance or anything. Anything more than that, and I could, they could start causing damage, more damage than is naturally occurring with the emphysema. Wow. But, but what he said, he said, what I, I can do, he says, for your abuterol, he says, if you use your nebulizer, don't use your rescue inhaler. Stay away from that because there's going to be two drugs in the liquid. He says, and you'll be doubling up on emphysema, or yeah, doubling up on the abuterol. But when my lungs get congested to a point where I just can't, and I'm losing ground, and so I don't 
end up getting a bacterial pneumonia, I start using the nebulizer, which gets it in there better. But there's two drugs in that now. There's one that uh, broncholator that opens up the tubes and relaxes them, and then the abuterol, which is actually a steroid. But yeah, I uh, I'm on three drugs a day, every day. My regular butyrol, I usually get up in the morning and I hit that, and that's to open the, get it so I can catch my breath and I can breathe. And then I I go through the other ones. The the Advair's got two. The Advair's got a cortical steroid and a broncholator, and then I take Spiriva, which cuts down on the production of mucus. Hmm. And I'll tell you right now, I know it, and to how fast I would go downhill without it. Every now and then, I don't pay attention to the numbers on the side. And I, I should. Because like here a week or so ago, I, I couldn't catch my breath at all. It was like two hours after I had taken my meds and stuff, and it's like, something's not right. Because I've been like a good... 14, 15 hours now without it. Instead of every 12 hours, I, I had missed. Well, later on that night, I grabbed the inhaler for my night dose, and I grab it, and it's like, it's empty. So within a day, I'm feeling the effects of not being able to breathe because my lungs are so closed and damaged. Because emphysema just grows. There's no stopping it. It's progressive. It just continues from that point on, and it just goes and goes and goes. There's no stopping it. It's like a cancer, but it ain't cancer. Well, let me, it, let me, let me ask yeah. you okay? Now, I don't know. I, I really don't know that much about emphysema, except what I'm learning from you. Um, at what point... For a person with emphysema, at what point does the doctor note start to, and you both of you start to notice that the medications are starting to not have as much have that effectiveness they once did? What is what what does the doctor do at that point when they start when the effectiveness starts to to wane? There's nothing he can do. All he can do is like uh, last fall. He doubled the dose of my in my Advair instead of every time I hit it, I get um, 250 milligrams of a broncholator and 25 milligrams of the cortical steroid. So what he done is it used to be 125, but now he's doubled that. So now it's 500 milligrams in the morning and 500 at night, where it used to be 250 in the morning, 250. So he's doubled that, and that's all he can do. But that actually helped because it's shortness of breath. My lungs cannot process enough blood and oxygen combination to keep up with what my body uses. So you run out of breath. You just you can't catch your breath. Your heart speeds right up to uh, try to compensate for it. And so that wears you out even worse. And that's how that... But emphysema, 
what emphysema is. You know the sacs. You got your bronchial tubes that go through your lungs. And on the end, you have these little sacs, air sacs. Mine are, they basically die. They're, they're damaged and they just stop working. So when they stop working, it doesn't process. And just more and more sacs just keep dying off and stop working. And the more it goes, the more I go downhill. Mm-hmm. And different atmospheric conditions. One day I'm doing good. The next day I, I can't catch my breath for nothing. And it's just that's how it works. And as the years go, I mean, I know what I used to do three years ago to what I can do today. And that is like night and day. You know, for me to go out and change the clapboards, I go out and I get the old clapboards off because I, I have a Dremel to cut all the nails on the one above it. And then I get rid of all the damaged ones that I wanted to get rid of or the ones with the rod in them and stuff. And I get rid take those all off and then I have to go sit down for about an hour and then I'll go out and I'll start putting them back on and that's two or three trips just to go put them back on because I got to walk over and you measure it you cut the one you put it in you nail it all in you do a couple of those and I got to go sit down because I, I can no longer catch my breath at that point. And usually my heart rate gets up there about 150 to 160. I can feel the rate of my neck pounding so hard. And what happens there is now you, my blood pressure drops because my heart's going so fast. And when your blood pressure bottoms out, you pass out. That's the natural body's way of doing it. So, yeah, I have a great life, George. I wouldn't wish it on anybody, <laughs> not even my worst enemy. Well, well, I take that back. Maybe Pelosi. Yeah, and Schumer. <laughs> Forgive me, Lord, but just give it to him, please. <laughs> anyway, well, I, I have, I have, a, I have a better thing to ask him to give them. Gonorrhea. The gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, used, I used to have a saying as a kid, diarrhea, diarrhea. Some people think it's funny, but it's really dark and runny, diarrhea, diarrhea. <laughs> Is that what we... <laughs> Uh, I remember one time in, well, when, I was in, when I was a kid in gym class, right? This kid kept holding his, the back of the, holding his ass and squinching like, and, and he was all tight in the face, and he's sitting there, and the, the, the gym coach goes, "What in the fuck is your problem? You look like you're you're you're, you're, you're constipated." And the kid goes, I have to go to the bathroom. I've got... And he couldn't get the word diarrhea out without because he felt he was going to be embarrassed. Because the kids were going to right. make fun of him. And he was right. 
think we're going to be cruel. So the coach walks up to him, leans over and goes, um, Are you trying to tell me that you have diarrhea, son? And the kid goes, Uh-huh. Go, the coach goes, I see. Okay, one second. Right, little brat. This little this this kid's got diarrhea. He's got to make a beeline for the bathroom. Step out of the way, or he's gonna shit all over you. Right. The kid looked at the coach before he walked away from walked out of the class, and he looked at him like, I can't. Someone say, I can't believe you told that. <laughs> well, the kid did not make it to the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. To the door and out it goes. Out it yep. goes, dude. It shot out his shot out from his shorts. It was fucking <laughs> place. I mean, his shorts uh, broke up and they just they just blew right out. Yeah. You saw all you saw was brown everywhere. And right. I felt bad for the kid because, you know, he was trying to he was trying to tell the coach several times before gym class began, and the coach wouldn't let him go. He wouldn't let him go at all. Right. And that kid's holding on, holding on for dear life. He couldn't hold on any longer, and finally he just blew all over the place. Well, being in my late fifties, I don't care anymore. See, I I think I told you when I was I. They almost lost me when I was 18 months. Uh, the only thing they could figure now was there was some cholera, four or five cases of cholera, and maybe somehow I had gotten it. 18 months, fluids dumping nonstop. They couldn't. They, I was dumping the fluids into my body as fast as they were pumping it in. This is back in like 65, 66. So medicine back then, doctor came right out and told mom and dad, if he don't start taking fluids at 18 months, he, he's done. He won't make it through tomorrow. It's been three days now. All of a sudden that night, it all stopped. But I did have, I mean, I went through the first... I, I remember I was seven years old and still going twice a month to a doctor sticking his finger up my ass. That's how bad. And I, but I had, now, then we go to school. All of my teachers always got the same note that came from the office, that came from my doctor. When he has to go to the bathroom... He's going to run, and he ain't going to tell you. And that's just how it was. Because I know what that, when you, I I couldn't, my, I would eat. Most people, it's almost 24 hours. For me, 12, 10 to 12. It's already, and there's a lot of times, even today, when I get, too worked up, something's pissing me off, upsetting me, or whatever. I'll end up with diarrhea. Yeah. And when I, I, I when I gotta go, I dealt with I diarrhea go. that bad. No joke. The last time I dealt with it that bad was because I sat and I couldn't eat anything solid for a few days because I was really sick with the flu, and I ended up 
eating a lot of soup, and that's what did it to me. And I called up the doctor because, you know, I was, like, trying to figure out why I've got this. I've never had, had diarrhea with, with the flu before. And she said, how much soup have you eaten in the last two days? I said, a can for a big can for lunch, a big can for for supper, a big can, you know, for two days. That's what all I ate. That's all I could hold down. She said, well, guess what, George? Your, your, your insides are literally telling you you're not full of shit. <laughs> you're full of fluid. Right. So... Whenever you, whenever you feel you, that you have to go sit on the throne, just remember, hit the plunger and let it, let it head down fast. Because <laughs> I guarantee if you don't, you're going to be puking from the smell. I'm Courtesy like, hey, Doc, is there anything, is there any encouragement that you have in, in this conversation? And she goes, no, no. yes, I encourage you to go to the bathroom as soon as you get off this call. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, I, I, I've I, dealt with that quite a lot. But I, I will say I found over-the-counter uh, that Imodium AD, that stuff is a miracle drug, man. <laughs> it is. It yes, is. I, found, I, I, I find that Imodium is great for when you need to hit the commodium. <laughs> me i uh we're my aunt we're every a bunch of people were coming over mom i think mom was yeah mom was coming down uh from up north we're all going to meet at my aunt's over the next next town over for uh thanksgiving i got up that morning with diarrhea it's like oh man this ain't gonna work there's no way i can go there to a big dinner and I'm going to be spending all afternoon in the friggin' bathroom. I'm going to be in misery all day. Cramps and everything else. Stopped. Got some Imodium. Took the dose. By the time we got there, cramps were gone. Deals were gone. I went to the bathroom once. But other than that, that and I've used it religiously every since whenever anything happens. And if that spider don't get off my friggin' camera, I'm going to shit my pants now. Oh, shit. Why? They, well, they, they look like giant tarantulas. Oh, yeah, the, 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 the little wood spiders and shit? Right, little tiny thing that's no bigger than the head of a pen. But on the face yeah. of that camera, boy, she looks big. <laughs> I, I remember I was watching uh, a uh, closed-circuit TV camera. For, for a live shot of Times Square. And I no sooner get the, get the shot and it goes into focus, drops down in the path of the damn lens a spider. And it's <laughs> sitting there spinning its web in front of the lens. I'm like, you son of a bitch. I hope you get washed away in the next couple of days. Well, I didn't have to wait that long. All of a sudden, I saw a flash of lightning on the camera, and the the rain came down in buckets, and away he went. Yeah, they're gone. (laughs) I go out every now and then, and I have to use the broom. Somebody likes me. I I have to use the broom because he gets too many webs in front of the camera, and then they get dust. 
a grain of dust looks like a rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you have 10 or 15 of them hanging on a web real close, I can't watch the cars because those are at a distance. So mm-hmm. I'll go out there and I wash them off. But I think what it is, these uh, the infrared lights, I think the spiders can see the infrared lights. But insects don't because the insects don't fly around the lights like they do other lights. You'll see well, in spiders summer, like, are, are part of the insect family. I mean, they're, they're arachnids. Right. Right, so, but they they always build their, them, it's their nests because they're not, they're they're ground they're 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 ground dwellers, basically. Right. You no, know? they're, they're they they don't have wings, so they don't fly anywhere. So they 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 crawl every place, you know. And I remember I remember uh, watching this uh, documentary on Channel Thirteen, the, the local PBS station about spiders, of all things. And if a spider were, say, the size of a tank, and and it shot a straight line of webbing from one street corner to the next, the tactile strength of that web line would be the same as that of a 100-strand of uh, length of rope. Yeah. And I sat there listening to this guy, and I'm like, come on, that's bullshit. Well, it's not really. Because no. you, see, you, you see the kind of insects that get caught in spider webs. You know? The flying insects, especially, and their wings are flapping in the breeze, and they can't get out of it. They're making it worse and worse for themselves. Right. So can you imagine now. Can you imagine if they got that chemical, that stickiness, and actually created a glue, which they could do if they wanted. But why would they give you glue that works? Right. My favorite glue. Spider glue. No. Gorilla glue. Yeah, that stuff does work pretty good. It does. RZ found out when he came up here that I tell you, that um, Honda is called the Pacific Cruiser. It's a Honda, but it's completely, totally enclosed. The sides, everything. It's all enclosed. And um, when he stopped at a convenience store, he put down his kickstand, put it on the bump where they fill up the in-ground tanks. Right. Boom. Over she went. Busted his mirror. So we went over here. We went over here to Lowe's. I love the way he does. I, I knew where I was going. And he was following me because I knew where the tape was. He stops one of the workers and says, "If I was colored duct tape, where would I be?" <laughs> like that, the guy kind of looked up to aisle two, on the right, in the back. <laughs> <coughs> and I, only friggin' RZ. 
but we got some white gorilla tape because it pretty much matched his pearl white. He put that on there, put it all the pieces back in, and he taped it all up nice and everything. And like when he got back and done his show, he said that he said that stuff is unreal. The gorilla duct tape. Well, that's like the the the, the bottle of gorilla glue that I just showed you. Yeah. I got one of those uh, back back scrubbers. Uh, it, with the, instead of the brush, it's like a, a, a foam pad. Wish it was a regular brush, but the handle came apart cleanly from from the other end of the brush, where the, the the sponge is. So I took it, set it down in front of me, put a little Gorilla Glue in there, slid it back into place, tightened it up real good, wiped away any excess with a paper towel, and it's wedged in there tight, and now it ain't going nowhere. And this is for, this works in my shower. So right. I scrub my back. And guess what? It still works great. Yeah. That's I, why. Yeah. And I'm not advertising people, so don't get any bright ideas. That's why I swear by Gorilla Glue. This shit will glue anything. And you know what I didn't know about it until I used it and the boys were laughing at me? My faucet in the sink. The very top, it, it looks like a screw-on on top of the swivel head that goes to either sink or whatever. But it, it's, just, it, it's just there. It, it doesn't hold anything. It's just there for decoration. Yeah. So it broke off one day. I was washing it down, and what the hell? The cap broke off. So I put some Gorilla Glue in there, and I stuck the cap back in and a couple days later I come back and where in the hell did all this glue come from? Oh, you use the Gorilla Glue? Yeah. Oh, Dad, it expands. Thanks for telling me. Now this shit is all over the top and it's like, man, this shit don't come off. <laughs> it's stuck on this chrome big time. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. I, I broke a lot of it off and got it off, and it was like, man. So then I put a dot in the middle, put the cap back on. <laughs> but I didn't realize that shit expanded like that. Oh, yeah, no, it holy, does. And holy that's why you got. That's why you got to use just a tiny amount, because a tiny amount will, go, will do wonders because of the expansion. Right. Uh, if it wasn't for the fact that I'm, I, you know, I live in an apartment complex, I would probably do the same thing because the hot water knob in my kitchen lifts right off. Oh, the screw's missing. Must be something because the cold water is nice and tight on there. So Sunday night I'm going to put in a work order for it, figure five, and let them fix it. Because if I use my trusty Gorilla Glue... Oh, you could screw it up. Bingo. I don't <laughs> yeah, so glues the thing glues the thing so it doesn't turn anymore. <laughs> a dot get in that shaft going down because those are only rubber glomets in there that they that mm-hmm. goes through. That's why I'm not going to sit there and go, 
my trusty Gorilla Glue will save the day. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, you can't do that. And yes, people are watching. I, I, I know Cherokee Rose right now is watching uh, watching me right now. We're going, he's not going to do that again, is he? Yes, I'm going to say Gorilla Glue can save the day. Just don't do it over, don't go overboard with it, or you'll have it foaming up everywhere, and you're liable to screw up everything even worse than it already is. Yeah, so no shit. Just remember, a little bit goes a long way. Yeah, that's what I used to tell the girls. A little bit of me goes a long way. And they didn't <laughs> believe me. And I'm sure Mona, I'm sure, and this is why you've been married to Mona for as long as you have. Oh, she's just baffled. She can't believe someone like me exists. I think women in general are are amazed that a guy like me exists. My my high school my high school sweetheart. Uh, honest to God, I thought this was the most hilarious thing in the world at, at the time because she was a, she was a sweet girl. She looks at me and she goes, "George, you don't look at me like most boys do." I said, oh, why is that? She goes, with most boys, I have to tell them my eyes are up here. <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't have a problem with that. You always look right here. I said, yeah, but what you don't know is every once in a while when you're not looking, I'm, I'm moving my eyelids down like this. Yeah, so, but they don't want to catch you. Right, and I do it in such a way that I don't get caught. And she's like, you do? I said, hey, I may be a guy, but I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you that I do look there. Yeah, I'm a, I, Listen, I'm learning how to be a backyard mechanic, I said to her, right? I said, listen, as a backyard mechanic, we're supposed to check the headlights. <laughs> and that's what, and, and, I, and I said to my cousin, I said, so what do I do when I go when I'm in school? He goes, well, you don't drive a car, so uh, what about your girlfriend? I said, what about her? And she and he goes, well, think about it. You got a girlfriend, right? Check out her headlights. Right. And it that's when the light bulb went on. I used to look around and say, wow, is it night out? And the girl would go, why? Because you got some headlights. <laughs> well, my girlfriend <laughs> is very, very, very well well set up with her headlights uh, in more ways than one, uh, definitely. And <laughs> I'll tell you right now, none of, the, none of the guys would mess with her because they knew if they did, they'd get my fist in their face. The one guy actually tried it, one of the jocks. And I turned around and said, you don't want to do this. She's my girl. My girl. My girl. I really give a shit. <laughs> I said, you will. He goes, and what makes you? And I just took my steel-toed boots and I went, oops. He dropped to his knees. I said, what's the matter? You're turning all different shades of pale. And you're holding your... Oh, I'm sorry. I have a nervous reflex every once in a while. And I also have an, an allergy to bullshit. Well, didn't you know what the... In the 70s, you didn't have the FBI club? 
Oh, we were all female body inspectors. Are you kidding me? Yeah, we even had badges. Badges? I don't need no stinking badges. <laughs> we'd have a little badge and we'd put FBI on it. and Of course, that, that starts it. You know, girl, FBI, you're FBI? I said, yeah, I am. Uh, I'm a female body inspector number 62. Over there, 61, and 50's down there. <laughs> there were some girls that actually fell for it, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, you knew which ones you could have the date on Saturday night. Wow. Well, what do you inspect? Any part that we need to. I, I remember, just before <laughs> I started dating my girlfriend at the time, I remember uh, one of the guys, uh, he worked at a print shop after school, he actually had a neighbor of his who was friends with his parents that worked for the FBI out of New Rochelle. He turned around and he said, tell you what, you make an ID that that looks almost identical to mine, but instead of Federal Bureau of Investigations, you have it say in small print, female body inspector. And then you have your badge number and all this. And I'll talk to my supervisor to make sure we can can let you do this. Well, he was the supervisor. (laughs) So, you know, he he knew the kids were, were, were doing that because they were horny little bastards. So I turned around and I looked at my friend and I said, how many of these things can you make? He says, well, maybe a dozen, two dozen. I said, hey, the guys, hey, listen, the guys in the football team will like it. Guys on the soccer team will like it. But I better get one before they do. Right. Me and about five other guys, my friend that made them, being one of the one of the, one of those guys, we all had our FBI badges. And then we uh, we see the girls we want to. Inspect. Oh, buddy, did we have big trouble. Yeah. Because one of the girls, her mother was a secretary at the school, and we didn't know it. Well, me being the nice calm, reserved kind of guy that I was as a teenager. Bullshit. I went up to her. Nobody, none of the other guys would talk to her. So I did. You know, what the hell? Be nice to this gal. She doesn't, they wouldn't, nobody would talk to her. So I will. I reach in my back pocket, I pull out my, my ID wallet, one of those little flip open jobs, and I went, Pardon me, Miss Female Body Inspector. We need to uh, do a very in close and up, a very up close and personal inspection. And she looked at me and she goes, "And what part would you, of me would you like to inspect first? She had one of those uh, gold digger looks in her eyes. Come to find out, she was just doing that to get me to uh, melt. 
for her, which led me to the principal's office. I was in so much trouble that for six for six weeks straight, I w- I had to I had to go to detention in the morning, not in the afternoon, in the morning, because I had to travel by bus back to and from school. And it was a ten mile drive. It was a ten mile ride, not counting all the drop offs. So I would go to detention every morning and be the only kid in detention in the morning. And guess who was the teacher in charge of detention for the whole time I was in there? The girl's mother. Talk about being in big fucking trouble. Because when I got home, my mother made sure I did double the homework. Yeah, we were all female body inspectors until we got caught. (laughs) But we had fun doing it. So, Gunslinger, where are you hiding, bud? You're awful quiet all this time. Gunslinger, unmute yourself. Well, we know where he is. Hiding. Yo, no way. You there? Well, yeah, if I unmute, I, I said, why don't you play the Project Veritas thing? We just bored the audience long enough and uh, the wife's <laughs> gone to bed so we have to stop talking about women. <laughs> wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you mean to tell me that she was just, she's been sitting there with you all this time? No, she was there for a while at the start. Oh. So she hears me and when I when I plug in and call in, she she usually just uh, sits down, watches the chat. Nothing's happening in the chat. Listens to me chat, and then she goes to bed. But that's why, like you know, I was here when you started. We were just sitting here listening, and no. she has to. That that's what you know. She doesn't come up earlier in the evening. She has all of her woman shows to watch, but she shows up about ten thirty, quarter to eleven. And then I have to hear about the whole day. Yeah, but that's what a good husband is supposed to do. Right. Cringe. I do. Wait a minute. Now, I was married. (laughs) I understand. Dude, I do get it. When they, listen, when we put that wedding ring on their finger, it becomes many things. Among them, radar, lie detector, and, of course, the, the thing that says, you will listen to how my day was, whether you like it or not, and if you don't, I will make you suffer for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so trust me, I understand. I, 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 tease, I, I tease her a lot. It's like, 
you're a medical transcriptionist, meaning you've got a headset on and you're listening to some doctor babble on and you're transcribing it, talking about, you know, well, this was cancerous or this wasn't or this was this and, you know, all these biopsies and everything and that's what she's typing all in. And So where do you guys find all this time to talk? good question that that's why that's the thing with Mona I I will tell you she can't figure me out I know I know what's on her mind before she even says it I know what's on the boys mind before they even say it when they say something I know what's really on their mind but she can't figure me out I just I, I I am not a routine type person. It is just I'm sporadic all the time. All Trust the time. me. Sometimes it's better to be that way. Well, yeah, it's like the same thing here. We're talking something serious, and I'll just come out with a joke, and that's what I do to her all the time. And it just keeps her guessing all the time. Was he serious or was he joking? Was he serious? Was he joking? Oh, see, she's a Gemini, so she's twins. So she has the battle between the twins. I'm an Aries, so I'm just, you know, an egotistical narcissist, according to the Zodiac. Well, then, then I, must, <laughs> I must be in between because I'm a Taurus. Oh, you're the same thing as my sister. What, uh, so uh, she's okay. the, she, Her birthday is the end of April. Yeah, because I'm on the 22nd. Yeah, she's the 24th. Okay. So we're we're both bullheaded. Right. <laughs> and I get that, believe me. And we're know-it-alls. That's Aries. It, it is funny. When you, when you, when I first met Mona, she I did... I something, but not... Uh, I am going to behave myself now. I have well, to. Well, she she was into it, and, uh, you know, she was breaking it all down and stuff. And, yeah, she was surprised. She said, because you're an Aries, but you don't act like one. And I said, well, that doesn't make any sense. How can I be an Aries and I don't act like one? She says, because you don't. I know what I know. And what I don't know, I listen to people that do know. So then I can know. And that just, she goes, that's not an Aries. An Aries is one that usually just, I'm the leader and that's it. No questions. Sit down, shut the hell up. But I'm not that way. Never was. Well, I remember when I was dating this one gal recently, a few years back. When she heard I was a bull, you know, the Taurus, I'm yep. the sign of Taurus, she looked at me and she said, well, that explains a lot about you, George. I said, really? Why? She goes, well, you're Taurus the bull, right? I said, yeah. But you lost me. You still haven't told me why that, you know, that's, that explains why I am, how I am. She goes, oh, it's real simple, George. You're a horny little devil. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, no one. Now we know the truth. Okay, that's great. Uh, shall we go into the boudoir and discuss this further? And she looks at me, George, you dirty old man, you. I said, that's right, and you're a dirty old woman. We're the same age. Now shut up. And we just I'm not dirty. I just took a shower five minutes ago. What do you mean, dirty? No. No, in her, in her case, well, in, well, that particular day, we showered together to save water. Yeah, that always helps conservatives. Absolutely. Right. It, it also makes for an interesting time of it. But, hey, you did, you did not hear that from me. Nope. I hear nothing. I see nothing. I hear nothing. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like Sergeant Schultz on Hogan's Heroes. I hear nothing. Nothing. Until he gets caught. <laughs> uh, yep, exactly. Well, no way, uh, great way to segue into this Project Veritas clip. Right. Now, let me just say, first of all, again, I want to thank No Way for, for, for uh, sending me this clip today, because in, in all honesty, and for those of you, before I go any further, for those of you listening on Blog Talk Radio live right now, uh, understand this. We are less than five minutes away from overtime, so if you miss any part of this, you can catch the show in its entirety in archives and be able to catch this in archives as well, if need be. All right? But don't listen to it alone. Listen to it with friends, family, coworkers, that prostitute on the corner that you told to go fuck herself. Uh, yeah. But all jokes aside, you know, I, I, I digress. Listen to what, what, you're, what you're about to hear from Project Veritas in regards to Facebook. Really applies to all of social media. I'll tell you why I, feel, why I say that. Well, you'll, you'll see it for yourself in just a second. Well, you'll hear it for yourself. You're not going to see it. You're going to hear it. So, without further ado... Here is Facebook moderator Pat Dill. And it would help if I hit the right mouse. Yeah, I know. I saw your lips moving. I thought you were a politician there for a minute. You know, folks, there, if it wasn't for friends like No Way, I think I would go completely out of my mind. <laughs> and now, attempt number two. Here is part two of Project Veritas. Facebook moderator. I'm telling you, you really need to listen to this, so here goes. Facebook favors the left. They do, 100%. Oh, we work with a lot of liberals. Yeah. Go with yeah. the MAGA shirt or a MAGA hat, I'd get my ass beat. So I saw some discrepancies. I saw some, some evidence of bias. You're saying because he's a white male. Oh, it's, it's easier when they're white men. Okay. No one has the white men's back anymore. <laughs> we, we, we bring the game to it to work on the left side. I saw more blatant posts 
against Trump. But Facebook obviously hates Trump. Yes, yes, 100%. They, they, they do. I saw an alarming number of posts that really focused on conservatives, uh, kind of a double standard. So I spent quite a bit of time looking at pictures of hate organizations, Hitler, Nazis, MAGA, mm-hmm. you know, Proud Boys, all that stuff all day long. Our latest Facebook insider, Zachary McElroy, exposed the pervasive anti-conservative bias inside Facebook. Today, another Facebook insider, Ryan Hartwig from Phoenix, Arizona, comes forward and he says the anti-conservative bias is pervasive. Tell us your name and where you work. So my name is Ryan Hartwig and I work as, a, or as of a couple weeks ago, I worked as a uh, subcontractor for Facebook uh, for Cognizant in Phoenix, Arizona. So I was a content moderator uh, for Facebook, essentially. And um, why did you decide to come to Project Veritas? I, I think I thought people deserved to know what was going on. So seeing just such blatant bias from from Facebook just really really bothered me. Other than your personal experiences, you felt there was an institutional bias that you say was aggressive in Facebook. Can you talk about that for a minute? Yeah. So um, when I started in March of 2018, I saw more blatant posts against Trump. So I saw an alarming number of posts that really focused on conservatives, uh, kind of a double standard. There's like six people who decide the policy for all of Facebook, and they all think the same. They're very like-minded. So, I mean, how do you, if you live in, in San Francisco, that's not, you're not going not gonna to find a, a sample population that's diverse in their political viewpoints. We win the game to it to work on the left side. Yes. So it's the left Trump. Wow. Yeah, how? Freedom of speech is the main one. So like they're, they're allowing political ads still. Yes. So now they can get more exposure to the left versus the right. 100%. Yes. But Facebook obviously hates Yes, yes, 100%. They, they, they do. And then, um, but yeah, we've been getting a lot of, con- getting a lot of content about it. I've got, I had like at least 10 jobs today. Bunch of yeah. shit. Rednecks threatening civil war if you're a Roman cartoon. Trump supporters are fing crazy ass assholes that every other Yeah, it's true. I don't think I'm a person. Yeah. But you're gonna catch me riding over the Hartwig was not surprised when content moderators at Facebook that he worked with grouped average Joe Trump supporters with terrorists. Uh, the next clip was captured by uh, a hidden camera. This is Steve Grimmett team lead for content review. I mean, I guess maybe that's part of your part of your your job description, looking for red flags, mm-hmm. but, you know. <laughs> right. I, I mean, Sometimes they're better than others. One of my projects before now was, was hate. Uh, so I spent quite a bit of time looking at pictures of hate organizations, Hitler, Nazis, MAGA, mm-hmm. you know, Proud Boys, all that stuff all day long. Does it surprise you that he combines Hitler... Nazis and MAGA. Uh, he's describing hate organizations. He's moderating for Facebook. He kind of throws MAGA in there. What is your reaction to that? So yeah, he groups together hate organizations, Hitler, Nazis, MAGA. So that's kind of how the moderators are conditioned to think. Like, hey, anything that's right wing, 
hey, it could it could possibly be on the hate list. So there's no left-leaning individuals on that list. So the policy is called dangerous organization, dangerous individuals and organizations. So in that same list, there's also terrorists or the moderators that that were doing this moderation. You mentioned Broward was a Sanders supporter. Mm-hmm. How about the people that were making the choices on whether to take something down or not? What were their politics like? So I remember one individual named Cassie who sat kind of behind me to one side, and uh, she, we had a few conversations about politics. And in one occasion, she, um, this is uh, during the Iran, a couple of weeks ago, uh, a bounty was placed on Trump's head from Iran. So they offered $80 million to anyone who would kill President Trump. And Cassie was talking about how she would accept that bounty and that it would be, you know, it would be worth it. She's a content moderator? Yes. Yeah, it's a it's a bargain, right? I'm just saying, take him. Y'all can keep your 80 million, or you can give him us, and we can put it in our debt. Just, like, just you made in the U.S. Like, come on. Yeah, that's it. It is about one person. Why not take one for the team? I don't think I Hartwig said there was also an alarming anti-white bias that was being applied to Facebook's content moderating policy. Okay, so we were talking about this LGBTQ slide. Talk to me about what we're looking at here. It's every, every summer there's, a, there's Pride Month. <clears throat> so this first came to my attention in the summer of 2018. So I've been there for about four months. And uh, so Sean Browder came around, and he's giving us a policy update. Who is Sean Browder? Yeah, so Sean Browder is the policy and training manager uh, for, for Cognizant. So he essentially oversees, makes decisions for policy regarding for over 1,000 employees, Cognizant employees. So he has some um, autonomy. Yeah, he came in. He came and gave a policy rollout about, hey, this is going to be Pride Month, and he was speaking to a group of mainly Hispanics because I was on the Spanish uh, team for the first year and a year and a half. But this basically says straight out, hey, we're making the exceptions for our policy to favor the um, LGBT community. So basically, it's okay to call straight white males filth um, if, in the context of, for not supporting the LGBT. So that's the specific context. So it's. It's a carve-out. It's a specific exception for the policy, and it favors, it allows attacks on one single group of people, straight white males, for not supporting LGBT rights. Hate speech is allowed if it's, quote, intended to raise awareness for pride LGBTQ. So hate speech is allowed in some cases, but apparently not others? Correct. We've heard this kind of anti-white bias in big tech before. Last year, one of our undercover journalists spoke with Leslie Brown, a former HR contractor for Google, who now works as an HR executive for Facebook in San Francisco. 
she laughed about the anti-white male bias that exists inside big tech. Story, but I mean, they were able to fire him without having to worry about discrimination. Intelligence, right, right. No, right. No, I, yeah, no, because no, no, it's a white man. Yeah, 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 white man, so no problem. He, he can't do it that easily. There are other issues. Oh, it's, it's easier when they're... White men. Okay. Yeah, no one's, yeah, no one's, no one's, yeah, no one has the white men's back anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying because he's a white male, uh, there was, there's more that l- if leverage. he chose to sue the company, uh, 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 most attorneys would just laugh. When you started, you, you, you felt like something was off. Do you feel you were being targeted for your politics? Yeah. Hartwig said that Facebook's anti-conservative, anti-white bias made him a target. Did you know that other employees called you racist from day one? No, no. Um, And when I transferred to the North American side, I didn't hear anything about that. I didn't know that people were talking about me behind my back. I never really caught caught wind of it. And so, like, I understand, like, that's, they probably, people probably knew I was conservative or Republican. That's very possible. Mm -hmm. Um, You weren't completely alone. There were other conservatives who worked with you who also felt out of place. Tell us about some of those people. So um, a few of the people I sit with, um, Jose Moreno and Tyrell Lease, they're both very conservative and they're both uh, military veterans. Mm-hmm. But they noticed that the content that they were moderating targeted conservatives. Right. Um, and, and there was bias and kind of a group think effect happening mm-hmm. where you had a lot of liberal people or like-minded people who were acting a certain way. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, then you also have the people who are following the rules. That's what you said. Facebook favors the left. They do, 100%. Let me ask you this. Do you guys feel like Ryan got targeted because he's conservative? He, he got targeted because he's conservative? He did. Is everybody you work with mostly like you guys? Or everybody no, no, we work with a lot of Yeah. Yeah. Quarters. So most of the people moderating, most of the people. I'd go there with a MAGA shirt or a MAGA hat, I'd get my ass beat. Hartwick says the anti-conservative bias in his case went beyond name-calling. He was called in for corrective action by his HR department for what he says was a benign action. So then you post an LA Times article to an internal message board. Tell us about that. This was around early early January. We were having conversations. Um, we were having a conversation about Islam and different religions, and so I shared a link to this article. So this was back in 2015, and um, in January of that year there was an attack in France and the Charlie Hebdo cartoonists were, were murdered. And so yeah, there's an attempted attack in April and the two individuals for, were from uh, and attended a mosque in Phoenix. So this was, uh, I, I learned about the, event, about the event, it was labeled as a, a freedom of speech rally. What did the uh, Facebook HR people tell you? They told me, hey, you, you violated the, the acceptable use policy you violated our, poli- our rules, so you use it for personal use. But in this, the document they gave me, which they never um, retracted, they said that I was advocating violence. AUP policy states that you cannot say um, or use cognizant or cognizant <coughs> internal uh, systems to send discriminatory, racial... Was it the LA Times one? The, the Los Angeles Times where... It, where it showed had an image of me during a protest in 2015? Yes. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, especially those type of articles, whether or not yeah. you mention in them or whatever the case is, it can be um, offensive to other people. Yeah, yeah. So um, it, it's a violation of our AEP. You cannot use our systems to, Gosh, to promote yeah. certain things like that. You still violated the AEP policy. Because I shared a link. By sharing an article that was discriminatory in nature. So you said that uh, you went back the second time. You said they backpedaled on something. What was that? Yeah, so they, uh, in the initial uh, corrective action, CA, they said that I was uh, I violated, violated the AUP and that I was advocating violence and that the, uh, the thing that I shared was discriminatory in nature. And I met with them and they said, oh, you know, it's not the fact that it was discriminatory. It wasn't any of that. No, 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 no. It was the fact that you just used your used the client device for personal use. So they really just read it, oh, it wasn't anything you shared. It was just the fact that you shared it for personal use. I see. So they, they backpedaled. They changed their tune. Yeah. So, again, you have every right to exercise your First Amendment. We're not yeah. taking that away from you. We yeah. just ask that you don't do it inside the building or okay. the system. So I can understand what you're talking about. So I guess, and that, that I, I just kind of typed it out just because I wanted to have all the facts in one place. But like, so like the fact that it was an LA Times article, or the fact that it was involving anti like an anti-Islam protest or a freedom of speech rally, that you're saying that's kind of it, beside. It's the, not even. It doesn't even okay. matter. If you can, okay. if you can. Gotcha. Just okay. I'm trying to think of something else. Uh, uh, invite for a children's event that's happening downtown, yeah. it would be still revealed for the AUP because okay. you sent something yeah. non-work related using mm, our system. Gotcha. So that's, that's the, again, the bottom line issue is that you used our system yeah. for non-work related stuff. You felt you were targeted because you were conservative, but you also felt you were being passed over for jobs and discriminated against for being a white male. Tell us about that. I think it's quite possible that, so I applied for the policy team twice. There was no question about my, my fluency in Spanish, and that was part of the, the job requirement. Uh, but as far as being a straight white male or being a white male in the workplace, yeah, I mean, the policy we saw about straight white males are filth kind of breeds that culture. Hey, we allow attacks on, on straight white males. Hey, Ryan's a straight white male. I, I, I feel like I was perhaps... Um, limited in my advancement and uh we have i think we have some tape of people saying that you were targeted because because you're a white male but he didn't get him ryan applied for two jobs he did not get them because he was white and conservative and conservative or just hartwick wasn't the only person targeted by the conservative bias at facebook I, I, I can't believe you guys did, like, with, I stopped being friends with, like, Ryan and Raymond, because we were all on the same team. Yeah. But they bonded over, like, their support for Trump, and they would always, like, bring it up. And they would get mad because I would go at it with them. So Facebook's, like, favoring the last week. Yes. yes, it is. Okay. Huh. Like, well, like, yeah, and, and, and before you get bad, that blocks. Um, most people just don't have the... Speaking Spanish, cojones. Yeah, cojones. To cojones. Yeah. To to do this. I mean, I mean, you. I'm assuming you had a confidentiality agreement with with uh, Facebook's cognizant, yeah. and you basically pretty much strapped a camera to yourself and recorded 
your training. Mm-hmm. And 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 that training it it does say confidential elections 2020. Yeah. Are you are you worried or did are you? It was very stressful at the time. So the first couple months of recording, I my wife didn't know about it. So uh, when I raised it up, it became a stress point for our marriage. Yeah, so I mean, I signed the confidential agreement with Cognizant, uh, but at that point, I was seeing them interfering on a global level in elections, and then I saw a blatant exception that just targeted conservatives or favored liberals, and, you know, we're deleting, on average, 300 posts, or, or actioning 300 posts a day, and so if you magnify that by however many content moderators there are on a global scale, that's a lot of stuff that's getting taken down. So that was the tipping point. There was just there was that one last, uh, one final post that just kind of put me over the edge. But then knowing what I, what I knew about how they were giving exceptions for the policy, I knew that it was likely that that was happening elsewhere on a global scale. These brave insiders who felt compelled to come to us with this story worked for a Facebook contractor. At the end of February, Facebook ended the contract with their employer, but the bias that they exposed has not been addressed by Facebook. Stay tuned. Now, what you just heard speaks volumes to the censorship of conservative voices on that platform. I've been on Facebook for a number of years, I've been at the I've been at the receiving end of censorship. The postings of the links for this broadcast were targeted by Facebook as spam. Okay? Now in order to avoid that I had to come up with a little um, I had to put a statement in front of what I was whenever I wanted to post this so what you're about to see and if I can show it on camera um I'm going to switch to it, so let me see if I can bring it up on the board. Uh, There it is. I can show it. This, for those of you who who wonder what what it is that, how I arrange things behind the scenes on for to get the the word out on this show. Trust me. It's it, it, it's a bit of a work. It's a bit of a work in progress, as the saying goes. But this is what I this is the pre the pre broadcast information that I put out in email, and I also post on Facebook. If you notice right here, in the very top line in parentheses, it says Facebook from George Sinzer. This is not spam. I am sharing to my own pages. That was the only way I could stop them from do, removing my content. And I did a little research based on our last conversation, uh, no way. 
I believe it was you yep. that brought to my attention how I'm shadow banned and so and all that stuff. Right. Well, I had a friend of mine who's not a member of Facebook go to the I, the FFNO IBN Facebook page, and he went there. And his wife is not on Facebook either. So he went there. Then he called his wife at work and said, go to this link. So she did. They saw every piece of content I posted on that page. And they're not members of Facebook at all. And that surprised me. I figured they wouldn't see shit. No. It's put out there for the public to see. Facebook obviously doesn't consider me that big of a problem or a threat. Boy, are they stupid. But this is, right. this is the information that I send out. The only thing that changes is the blog talk radio link. That's the only thing that changes daily when, I, when I'm on the air four nights a week. So, oh, I boo-booed. Yeah. Now we fix. <laughs> I boo-booed. I closed the page. I closed the the document and forgot that I still that it was still on camera. Right. Well, I'll figure it out eventually. But, <laughs> but you, you see that that's the thing, and that that's why I was saying earlier, if Facebook is doing this, we know that Twitter's doing it because he's already been exposed there. Google owns YouTube, and he's already, you know, James O'Keefe has already exposed Google. He's exposed CNN. He's exposed Twitter. Now he's exposing Facebook. This is this is the Nazi propaganda. That's exactly what it is. The American people are only allowed. It doesn't. They don't care what the law states. Because nobody but nobody has ever gone after them. Nobody has stood up to them. Nobody has put a stop to it. Other countries have, but nobody in America has. So you may think your stuff is going out, but it's not. It's not. When you do searches, you can't find no way. How do you explain uh, a buddy of mine who's not on Facebook at all? seeing the public page like he did. Yeah, but yeah. they don't... In its entirety. Not, yeah. Nothing... I, I, under, I understand that. Because he looked and he found it. Okay. No, I gave him the URL. Right. You. Well, okay. Yeah, you gave it. What I'm saying, for people that don't know you and they don't have the link, you're not going to come up in recommendations. You're not going to be easy for them to find. News commentating. All this other stuff will come up. You'll be nowhere there. They'll never find you. If you give, like I said, that's how a lot of people find my, they used to have to find my YouTube channel where I would put, I would have to send them the link. Then, yeah, if, if you have the link, you go there. 
But I'm saying people that are just searching the site to find you, chances are they're not going to find you. Okay, so you know, now there, there it makes a little more sense. That makes right. more sense because right. uh, it's like, okay, under normal circumstances, that's the way it is. Now, people that go to my, uh, there are, that, that go to my Facebook page, yeah, there's a lot of information that I withheld that they don't see. Right. And, uh, you know, what are you going to do? You're right. And, and this is the thing. This is where we've been hearing promises for the past year that Trump and his administration and stuff were going to do something about this. But they're not. It's getting worse. Last year, for Pride Month, you know me, the Christian that I am, I'm going to do a video on it. Um, you know how, uh, you, you know the Austin Powers. Yeah, baby. Like that. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's how, yeah, I baby. Made, that's how I made the title. I went, yeah, baby. Pride Month, YouTube would not accept the video. I turned it around. I went, Pride Month, yeah, baby, and they accepted it. Figure that one out. Because, of course, the video had nothing to do with praising it at all. I even called out Spreaker and showed him. I said, what helped me? Stop feeding this site? Well, anybody, I do a biblical show in religion, plastered all over the front page of religion. Put a little queer in your ear. And all of these gay shows in religion. I said, this is ridiculous. That's crazy. Right. I would never condemn anybody from that community. But I'm not going to lie to them either. No, and, 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 and no one should. Right. You know, this is like, what it is. This is what the Bible says. This is how it says. You talk about love? Well, if I didn't love my fellow human beings, I would not tell them the truth. I would lie to you. Like telling you, Jesus loves all, and all are welcome. That's only a half-truth. That is true. But there are sins within you. If you do not repent and change of those ways, you will never see the kingdom of heaven. Period. Period. A gay person will be treated just like a murderer, just like a thief, just like an adulterer, an idolater, ones that denied Christ, ones that denied God, they will all be treated the same. I love my fellow man enough to tell you the truth. And that even triggers them worse. You just heard it in that clip and in that video. 
It's not that he sent an email using their equipment. It might be offensive to all the triggered liberals that we brainwash daily. We spend billions of dollars to keep these useful idiots being useful and a complete idiot. You put that in jeopardy by putting in something that we don't want out there. That's the information that's not allowed to get to the public. They don't want it there. Twitter does it. YouTube does it. Google does it in their searches. Everything. Everything. This is complete totalitarianism. This is how they are affecting the election. Only far-left radical communism is allowed. You do not speak out against Islam. You do not speak out against gays. You do not speak out against the totalitarian nanny state of the Democrats. You do not call out the health department or the school department or the colleges because it's going to trigger their mindless, useless idiots. And it's it's unfortunate because, you know, you're supposed to be able to have free speech in this country. And we don't. It's not being allowed. And I'm sorry to say, Republicans and the Trump administration is not protecting it. Shit, they're not even protecting the monuments. No, I wouldn't say that. Well, they're starting to. Some. Let me see. Do I have that story here somewhere? Yeah, in D.C. they're protecting it, but other parts of the country? Nope, not at all. Well, Trump is going to sign an executive order to protect all monuments. You better hurry up. They've got the next articles of impeachment ready to go. He's following the letter of the law. Impeach him. Now, we miss Trump, so we'll take Barr. (laughs) And it's because people listen to a train wreck instead of facts. I mean, what, what else is MSLSD but a train wreck? CNN, a train wreck. Fox News, quickly becoming... A train wreck. You know how many... And I see it daily, George. I see it daily. This right here is big news. How many times has it been mentioned on Fox in the past two days? Zilch. It don't exist. It don't exist. There's a lot of attacks coming on to Republicans out of Fox News and it, it, it's getting they're getting pressure. These millionaires that get millions of dollars a year to be a TV personality and they're protecting their money and fuck the country. Yeah, I mean, I ain't no millionaire. 
No. And I'm I'm going to tell it like it is. I'm gonna, it's like the, the old neighbor of mine once said, tell the truth and shame the devil. That's it. So their true colors are shining through. Hannity, Laura Ingram, Tucker Carlson, Dana Perino today. They even put the leader of BLM, had him on Fox News yesterday, talking about how he's going to burn this country down. I know, I brought that out the other day. And it's like, are you serious, people? And they don't realize, because that's it. People are walking away in droves. Their ratings will be no better than that of a football game. Because it was just before I lost control. Yeah, you hit facts, and, well, the devil don't like that. When I'm on a train wreck, I know enough to either jump off or pull the brake. The devil, nah. He don't want you to see the inevitable crash that's coming. When they wake up from their haze, it's like a guy from many years ago. I talked to him a few times. We we had some real... He put out songs. And one of them was Doses of Socialism. We'll keep feeding these ignorant Americans small doses of socialism until they fall like an overripe fruit into our hand. They will wake up one morning, go to bed at night with socialism, wake up in the morning with communism and not even understand how they got there. And we see that today, George. Mm-hmm. People, people are more concerned about yelling at each other and I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, you're wrong, I'm right, you're wrong, kiss my ass, I'm right, you're wrong. And in the end, there's no facts. What do you think happened to religion? People now hop from church to church. Well, he said something I don't agree with, but this guy said something I do agree with. You know why the Bible don't want you to debate? Because you debate, 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 then you agree to disagree, and you both walk away from each other, and nobody gets the truth. The truth is long gone. So when you take that and you put that into our everyday life of what's going on, people are being led to what? Let's sit down and argue about fake news instead of talking about the facts of what it's doing and possibly some suggestions of how to change it. We can't change everybody's mind, but at the same time, I have no problem with turning my back on the idiots and walking away and never having anything to do with them ever again. They're not worth my time. They're not intelligent enough to understand what it is they're even hearing because they have so much hate in them. They're ruled by hatred. That's what rules them. It doesn't matter if it's the the Democrats hate the Republicans, the the liberals hate the uh, hate the the conservatives. That does it's hatred because conservatives now hate liberals just as bad. They hate 
other conservatives just as bad because you don't agree with me. Look at the never Trumpers that came forth, said they were big Republicans and they were all for Ted Cruz. They acted like a bunch of progressive little scumbags. They attacked and belittled anybody that would not back Ted Cruz when we were back in Trump. It was pathetic. And I look at a lot of them today that try to come back to me in different ways and like, yeah, I know you, never Trumper. You uh, you made your bed, lie in it. And that's why I've that's why I've been saying right along. More and more people need to get their head out of their ass and realize you're gonna have to defend your country. Running your mouth and spending your day proving that you're an idiot on Facebook and Twitter is not going to save this country. It's just not. Some of us, this is, we need to. This is what we do. But at the same time, I have means of, I know what's going on. I know where people are. I know where large, large, large groups of people are ready. The word goes out, shit hits the fan. And it's coming. It, it, it's coming. Democrats are not going to stop. This is, you know, we're already lo- we've already lost all media completely. They want nothing to do with nothing except for the left-wing narrative. They're bowing down. They still refuse to call it. They're they're protesters. No, terrorists. They are destroying our country. They are putting people, forcing people to live in fear for their safety, their lives, their property. They are domestic terrorists. But nobody, but nobody will call them that on the media. They're protesters. No, I won't even call them peaceful protesters. Because if you're there, you are enabling the burning and you're not stopping it. You are guilty by association. If my wife can lose her job because of my beliefs, then you get to go to jail in Gitmo and live out your days as a domestic terrorist because you are guilty by association. It works both ways. Mm-hmm. Period. Now, remember I, I said about about President Trump and the executive order? Yep. Get a little, here, here's the article that I found on that. President Trump is calling the recent attack on the statue of former President Andrew Jackson in Lafayette Square, a sneak attack. While speaking Tuesday, the president said law enforcement did not, law enforcement did an incredible job responding to protesters Monday night. He suggested those who attacking statues are only doing so for the sake of committing wrongdoing. I think they just want to do, the, do things for bad purpose. And these, are pro- and these are protesters, these are agitators, and others. So we've taken a strong stance, and, won't be hap- and it won't be happening federally. President Trump is preparing an executive order 
to protect our nation's historical monuments and statues, he has called for the immediate arrest and imprisonment of so-called anarchists attempting to take down historical statues across the nation. In addition to an executive order, the president is offering the help of the National Guard for states in need of extra assistance fighting off vandals. He said he plans to use pre-existing laws, including the Monuments Act and the Veterans Memorial Preservation Act, to carry out his order. We have a very specific Monuments Act, and we are looking at long-term jail sentences for those vandals and these hoodlums. Some people don't like that language, but that's what they are. They don't love our country. President Donald Trump, oh, that's, that's a caption under a photo, excuse me, under the Monuments Act, also known as the American Antiquities Act, the president is given power to prohibit the destruction of national monuments and enforce strict penalties for offenders. According to the Veterans Memorial Preservation Act, those violating the law can be imprisoned up to 10 years. The president's announcement came after a large group tried, remo- tried to remove former President Andrew Jackson's statue on Monday. Moving forward, offenders could get up to 10 years in prison for the destruction of public monuments. So it's not just what the monuments in D.C. It's going to be every national monument across the country. So if they... If they go after uh, a statue in New York City that's a nationally protected monument, guess what? Those who, would, who try to do it or deface it or what have you face a prison sentence of 10 years. Good. Because now think of this. Think about what we talked about a couple of weeks ago that I sent you the article that <coughs> in their words, their sight, it's a place in Utah. And what are these punks so ignorant and doing? YouTube is allowing it. Facebook is allowing it. Instagram is allowing it. Acts of violence and vandalism. Plastered for all the useful idiots to gloat over. So who has their face already? Who has them already? NSA does. NSA already has them. They see who was climbing, who tied the rope, who was on the end yanking the rope. They have it all already. And this is what needs to happen. It's going to be a summer of love. And we want you to meet your partner, Bubba. Well, as as a... Uh, <laughs> and you know yeah. what I mean by that, don't mm-hmm. you? <laughs> uh, for those of you who are wondering, most of all, those who get caught and imprisoned, to those who get imprisoned... Take this suggestion in the kind, gentle sense for which it is intended. Remember, soap on a rope. Right. Because if you don't have soap on a rope, 
and you bend over, Bubba's going to have a little surprise for you. Oh, yeah. You will go in a tight end and come out a wide receiver. <laughs> you never heard that one before? I, I, I haven't heard that line in a long time. <laughs> That's it. Very apropos, no way. Very <laughs> well, here, I got another good one for you. This is how unlogical the left and sadly many on the right are. They don't think like this. If masks work, why don't we just give masks to prisoners instead of releasing them? Ah, good point. And if masks were so necessary and mandated by governors like Andrew Dumbass Cuomo, why would there be a picture of him circulating? And this is not a Photoshop picture, by the way, I'm talking about. There's an actual picture of him in a park, laying in the grass, and his mask is laying there in the grass next to him. But he's not wearing it. Yet he tells all New Yorkers statewide, you must wear a mask. Right. Wow. Lead by example, fuckhead. Don't put your mask down on the ground next to you. Put it on your face. Because when you wear yours... With the exception of going into a store, I'll wear mine. Right. Because, and this happened this morning. I thought it would never happen. I actually had a sheriff drive up on me, a deputy sheriff, and, and demand to know where my mask was. Uh, let's see, my ID wallet, keys. Oh, here's my mask right here. Why? What's the matter? He goes, why is it on your face? I said, well, look around. Do you see anyone anywhere anywhere near me with less than six feet distance? No, there's no one on the street. I said, so why would I wear my mask and I'm the only one out here on the street in this area? And why should I wear my mask? Think about this too, Sheriff. Why should I wear a mask when our own governor never, hardly ever, if at all, wears one himself? He goes, you know, you got a point there. So I said, there you go. I said, I will put my mask on when I go into this deli over here. But as soon as I walk out that door, it's coming off my face. Because if I go to say something to someone on the phone... I'm eating the mask for breakfast. If I go to breathe, it's going up my nose like, like, like I was snorting the, bloody, the God-forsaken thing, and the bloody thing is up there, and I, it's up my nose like this, and I sound like I got a nasal congestion problem. So, so Cuomo wants people like me to wear a mask and die. Uh, and, I did, oh, and I did raise that about asthmatics, people with COPD and uh, emphysema. And the deputy sheriff looked at me and said, well, 
if the if the, if the person has emphysema, I would never want them to put a mask on. That'd be like a death sentence. Right. What, it about, is the a other, death what sentence. about the other conditions? COPD and uh, asthma. Well, they're, they're not as bad. I said, the fuck, they're not. Really. I said, sir, you, you no know, disrespect intended, but you've got a lot to fucking learn. Last thing an asthmatic needs is to be rebreathing his same CO2. Mm-hmm. And I said, do the world a favor. Before you uh, pass sentence on someone for not wearing a mask, why don't you ask them, do you have a, a breathing issue that, pre- that prevents you from actually wearing the mask? Was he wearing one? He said, ask him. Put one on yourself. He was wearing one. Oh. He was wearing one. Puppet. Puppet. Well, <laughs> you know how he said, lead by example? I have not seen a police officer or a deputy or a sheriff in my area that did not have their mask on, even while they're driving their vehicles. That's yeah, stupid. So... You know, I, 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 I figure, okay, this guy's leading by example. At least he's, he's, he's showing something. He's not asking me where's yeah. my mask and all that without a mask on himself. He, he's, you know what he's showing me? That he's willing to bow down to any authoritative figure and what comes next. Good point. Innocent, innocent citizens. He's willing to do whatever his master says. That's a scary fucking point. So my basic philosophy is until Cuomo actually starts wearing his all the time, the only time I'll put one on is when I go into a store because the stores around here have signs in their windows that tell you up front, no mask, no entry. One store has no masks, no gloves, no entry. And I know the store owner. I said, what, what if people don't have latex gloves, but they have the mask? He said, well, that's, that's all right. You know, that, I, I, can, I can let that slide, but I'd rather they had both. I said, well, nice to want, but you're going to lose a lot of business with that, with that policy. And it doesn't matter. They just fill out a form and get paid by the the federal government. Hmm. I wouldn't it's go, true. I wouldn't count on that because uh, I think it was Mike here in New York who, who did that, and he's still waiting. It goes by employees. As long as he is allowed to stay open and he keeps all of his employees, he... Well, He's, he's a contractor for the military. He can get and only, reimbursed. And the, only, and the only people doing it is, is, is himself and his, uh, and his wife. Right, and that's, that's he's, he's not going to see anything. I don't, think he, I don't think he even realizes that, or maybe he doesn't even know that. That's, the, that's, that, that's why. Right, uh, because he, he's, he's self-employed already getting government money he gets paid as a government contractor yeah and where he doesn't have a whole bunch of employees no this is for job retention even if he had just one employee 
you know, he should still be eligible because right. he's got to yeah. one if, employee. If he, right, employee. he would. He would. If he had one employee, he would be. Because, see, like my son that took some time off from the wrecker, once it finally all went through and the guy got the grant money, he pulled all of his employees back. Because now he had grant money to pay their salaries. Well, I'll tell you. And that's how a lot of these stores are running right now. And that's why, and they're pathetic. They're pathetic. The the governor says, jump. How high, Massa? How high? And good. But it's all going to be temporary. The business they lose today, they will not get back tomorrow. Yeah, and that's that, so, that's the, the the harshest reality of all. Right. So when all that money dries up and it's all gone and it's all spent, you're done. Your business, you destroyed your own clientele. It's already happened to the Napa down here. They're already crying. They're hurting for money. Their grant money ran out. They decided to be pricks. And you can't go to the shelf and touch anything. We have to go for you. And you can't look at the, a, a no brand. They, they come back with the most expensive shit that's on their shelf all the time. People are walking out. No, I ain't paying that money for that. I'm out of here. Walmart wins. Or some other place, some other auto store wins, you're done. And that will end up closing this place down here. It'll kill that Napa store yeah. down. Here. By the way, in response to the to, to the discussion we had just moments ago about the uh, monuments and all that, yeah. Cherokee Rose on watching me on Periscope. He better work fast. People in Arizona are requesting some Confederate monuments be removed. You know, and and that's that's getting ridiculous because they I, I think they either defaced it or they were trying to pull it down. I forget exactly where, but it was a monument of George Washington, the first president of this country. And it's like, what does pulling all these monuments down have to do with George Floyd? It, it never did. George Floyd was just. The excuse. Mm-hmm. It, it would have been any excuse. They just had to find one, and they were ready. They were ready to strike as soon. All these domestic terrorists, from BLM to Antifa to the trolls in their mummy's basement, that want to belong to something. They're going to belong to a work camp. That's what their future holds. They don't even understand that yet. They don't understand the restrictions to their freedom that they're fighting for. When the government can no longer tax the people to fund their welfare, they will immediately have to take over the revenue streams of all industry to make money for themselves. Just like 
people in China, they say, I'm a re- I, I own real estate. They own an apartment that they pay a mortgage to the government. Why? Because the government owns the building. They are your landlord. So everything that you produce, you pay the government for your internet access. You pay the government for your electricity. You pay the government for your food. You pay the government for your apartment. You, When you're a store owner, you don't own that store. You are a government employee that runs that store. But in their mind, they think they own that store, but they well, don't. That, that's why, that's why I, I think that goes in line with what Obama said uh, when he held the presidency hostage. You didn't build that. Exactly. Exactly. That's the point he's trying to get across. That's the point he's trying to get across. So when you own that apartment in those big high-rises, that's considered you bought a home. Now you pay taxes on that home. You pay a mortgage on that home. All goes to the government, all of it. The children are being taught your education is coming to you because of the CCP. One kid told his father that. His father said, no, he sh- they should be teaching you how that is possible because of us taxpayers. The kid told his teacher his father was arrested. That's how that goes. That's what's coming here. That's what's coming here. You're a private business, but you can't say no because of your religious beliefs. You will be destroyed. You will like, be like arrested. That, that bakery that, that refused to make a cake for a uh, gay couple. Exactly. They were told the, they got they got their hands slapped by the government. Yeah, there was a photographer it happened to. There was the baker it happened to. There was a bed and breakfast that it happened to. There are churches right now today that are fighting court battles because they refuse to change the wording and not talk about how homosexuality is not acceptable in the eyes of God. Some churches refuse to even allow them in unless they go to a private Bible study first to learn the truth and the error of their ways. And they put a stop to that in Maine because that is no longer allowed. It is outlawed in Maine. To counsel a Christian, to counsel a homosexual on a sinful lifestyle. And that, unfortunately, goes right against the First Amendment, which is freedom of religion. Exactly. Exactly. Welcome to the dictator state of Maine. Well, this is happening everywhere, George. There's many other states that have that same kind of legislation already on the books. 
This is why I, I study. I study this shit. See, I know how to navigate. You know, and I, I told the, the pastor down here at the church, I said, what do you mean you have freedom of religion? Well, we do. No, you don't. There are 18 sections regulating church. There are 287 regulations of telling you what you can not do. Yeah. and, and So and how that's... free are you? Now, uh, I, I had a conversation recently with a pastor here in my area who was told that, and this came, uh, this was sent by a letter sent to him by the district attorney's office that he couldn't, because I guess the DA got wind of him having counseling sessions with those in the LBGTQ community. Yep. And he was having Bible study with them. 